This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today's Friday, September 10th. Good morning, Kathy. Good luck in the news report. <laughs> We're having technical issues. Good morning in the news this morning. President Joe Biden is asking large-scale indoor entertainment and sports venues to ask for proof of vaccination or require a negative COVID-19 test before entry is allowed. Those of you running large entertainment venues, sports arenas, concerts venues, uh, movie theaters, please require folks to get vaccinated or show a negative test uh, that Biden said yesterday. It was, wasn't was a mandate to show proof of vaccine or negative test for those venues, but rather a big ask from Biden. When it comes to Philadelphia, uh, the biggest indoor venue is the Wells Fargo Center. Officials say vaccines are already mandated for some acts coming in. However, showing proof of vaccine or a negative COVID test is not a policy there yet. Uh, on, on the White House website, large outdoor stadiums are not included in the list of places being asked to do this. So we'll see what happens uh, and if uh, that's mandated at the Wells Fargo Center. The Department of Homeland Security, Transportation Security Administration will increase the range of fines that can be imposed on individuals who violate the federal mask mandate on public modes of transportation, the agency announced in conjunction with President Joe Biden on Thursday. The federal mask mandate applies to individuals at airports on commercial aircraft and in various modes of surface transportation, including passenger rail cars, inter- intercity bus service, and other public transportation. The federal mask mandate for transportation, which was implemented by TSA on February 2nd, 2021, will remain in effect until January 18th, 2022. According to the agency, the new range of penalties, which takes effect uh, today, Friday, September 10th, will be $500 to $1,000 for first offenders and then uh, $1,000 to $3,000 for second offenders. The TSA plans to provide updated signage at airports regarding increased civil penalties. A woman who was killed in a crash uh, in, uh, in Philadelphia on Thursday has been identified as the longtime assistant of former 76ers owner, entrepreneur Pat Croce. Mm. It happened around 2.28 p.m. when two vehicles collided at the intersection of Comley Street and Harbison Avenue in the city's Wissanoming neighborhood. The force of the crash caused one vehicle to hit 65-year-old Sue Barbicane, who was walking nearby. She was rushed to an area hospital where she later died. Now, police have not identified the victim, but in a tweet Thursday night, Croce said uh, that he worked with the, w- the victim for 35 years. He said, if you've ever tried to contact him, then you know who Sue is. I have, and I know her, and she's a wonderful person, and this is a terrible loss. I'm so sorry to hear this. While Croce's tweet references a hit-and-run, police have not confirmed those details. It's unclear at this time if any charges have been filed against any drivers. In sports this morning... lost a heartbreaker falling to the Colorado Rockies last night at the ballpark. Ryan McMahon and Sam Hilliard hit back-to-back home runs with two outs in the ninth inning, rallying the Rockies to a 4-3 win. Bryce Harper hit his 30th home run, but the bullpen couldn't keep the lead and blew their 30th save of the season. With only 22 games remaining in the regular season, the Phillies fell three and a half games behind first-place Atlanta in the National League East. The series... 
uh, against Colorado continues tonight. The first pitch is scheduled for 7.05. The NFL began its season last night as Tom Brady and the Buccaneers beat the Dallas Cowboys in Tampa Bay. Brady threw for 379 yards and four touchdowns in the 31-29 win. With seats in the NFL stadium filled to full capacity for the first time since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, Ryan Suckup won it with 36-yard field goal with only two seconds remaining. And the Eagles begin their season on Sunday afternoon with a game in Atlanta against the Falcons. Kickoff is set for 1 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. We are prepped for a Friday morning. Why, you could call us the Ministry of Fun today as we're <laughs> going to bring you lots of entertainment, friends. We have Glenn Howerton on hey, hey. today. Always great to talk to Glenn, obviously, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but AP Bio has got a new season. Fourth season. Yep, so we'll talk to Glenn, see how he is doing. We're also going to have uh, comedian Dan Cummins on the program. He's performing at Punchline, so we'll get in touch with him. And we have the T-Mobile Cooling Caravan with Dungan. I believe it's our last one, and just when temperatures are headed back up into the 90-degree range for next week, a nice little blast. So we will send out the Cooling Caravan to a few different locations today. And setting people up with some iced coffee to get their day beginning nice and comfortably. We also have our Word of the Week prize that we are giving away today. That is the Metallica, the Black Album Remastered Deluxe Box Set. And it comes jam-packed with all those that box set stuff. It's incredible, yeah. Uh, so we give that away at the end of the program. And with that going on, surrounding every bit of that is, of course, the Back to School A to Z, too. So we're headed, we're in the S's now which I think, did we determine that's the biggest category? No, the T's. The no, T's. No, the S's No, it is the S's, yes. Yep, we really. thought the T's might because be. Because of the. Correct, but Great. it turns out it's the S's. So the chunkiest category that we have is what we are in the middle of right now. So a lot to get to today on this Friday morning. Let's go ahead and take a break. Come back in a second. The Entertainment Report and the Stupid Question, they are up next. And we'll see what we get in the A to Z. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, uh, stupid question prize. A pair of tickets to see Jim Gaffigan. He's going to be at the Met on Sunday, September 19th. And I think you guys are going to like this question. Where did Brenda and Eddie get their paintings from? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. Where did uh, Brenda and Eddie get their paintings from? And I love the Brenda pronunciation. Yeah, Brenda. All right, let's see whose birthdays are being celebrated today while we are waiting for your call Friday, September 10th. Uh, Ryan Phillippe, the actor, is 47 today. Delaware's finest. He is one of Delaware's finest. Still right? live there? I, I, no, you know what? No, I think he lives in L.A., but I think okay. he does vacation down like Dewey Beach right. and stuff like that a Shows lot. Shows up a lot. He's back at Fairmount. He's in one of my favorite bad movies of all time, 54. That's right. Yeah. No, uh, Marissa's saying that his parents live in Bethany. That's okay. Neat. All right. All right. Lovely beach town. Uh, yeah, and he and Reese were they, together for. They have a kid together. A right? long time. I think they have yeah. two kids together. I'm not two sure, kids, but okay. yeah, they they and they're very uh, amiable and sociable. 
Ryan Philippi is 47 today. Uh, director Guy Ritchie yes. uh, turns 53 today. King of, uh, well, one of the kings of action. I, and I love the Sherlock Holmes films. Uh, yes, very much so. Especially the first one. Yes. The second one kind of lost me a little bit. But I liked what he did with uh, those characters, and uh, and yeah, the whole thing was yeah. uh, had had some uh, momentum to it. I've never seen that movie Snatch. I know a lot of people love it, and uh, people rank it really highly in their personal favorites. But I've never seen it. Just I never the, saw uh, Snatch. Yeah, just have the. <laughs> I get it. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, just have the subtitles on because even though they're speaking English, yeah. is he Cooch? Yeah, which is really good. Single to Snatch. Um, that's one Brad Pitt beats uh, Cockney in there, yes, right? Yes, and it's difficult to understand. Cockney and Snatch. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it works out. Uh, Make a baby. And Cockney is a trip because mm-hmm. it's it's this rhyming scheme, and you have to try yeah. to figure out what they're rhyming with. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he, he speaks in that, and plus it's it's so fast and mumbly, he can't Kinda tell like what the hell he's saying. Basher is trying to do in the Ocean's Eleven movies. Yes, but his accent is not that strong as. Uh, um, whatever the hell his name is, Don Cheadle. Uh, Guy Ritchie is 53 today. Colin Firth. Firth. Celebrates his birthday today. King's Speech. Uh, he is 61. King's Speech is an outstanding film. It's a great movie. It's one of those movies that, that won an Oscar, and I was like, that looks boring. I'll yeah. never, you know, whatever, man. And so, like, you know, four years after it came out, I watched it, I'm like, this is fantastic. I thought it was going to be stupid, but it's great. Look at this. It's fantastic. And his father's Colin Firth. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he's just great all the way around. Um, Bridget Jones's Diary, he's great in. Love yes. Ashley, he's great in, you know. Uh, so he turned 61 today. Joe freaking Perry of Aerosmith. Great guitar player, lousy interview. <laughs> Incredibly bad interview. I've talked to him a couple of times over the year. We had him on the show here once. I, I interviewed him solo years ago before... Uh, being on the President Steve show, and he was a lousy interview then. I don't, I don't think talk. he's trying to be standoffish. He's just, it's just the way he is. He's just not really good at yeah. answering questions. Or talking. But he's a great guitar player, and uh, he celebrates his 71st birthday today. Uh, we also have actor Philip Baker Hall, mm. and he is 90 years old. Wow. Today. wow. Yeah, in uh, Boogie Nights, he plays one of the producers. In uh, Bruce Almighty, he's the general manager of the television station. He's been around forever. Magnolia, uh, he's in that movie. That's a pretty wild film. And uh, he plays the uh, game show host in that. Do you know he also played the, uh, on the Goldbergs? He played their neighbor who had a uh, an air tank. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the, okay. kind of the curmudgeonly uh, old neighbor. He was and, the, uh, the librarian on a famous episode of Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, the library. Yeah. 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 yeah, so uh, he turns 90. 90 years old today, and he still works from yeah. what I can tell. Nick, do you, do you see what his last... Uh, yeah, he's still going. He's in a TV show called Messiah, which I don't know, but it, it's uh, he's on that show now. And the oh. next Expendables, he's one of the uh, soldiers. So wow. Messiah was a... Um the Netflix show or uh, Amazon Prime? I believe it was Netflix. It was really, really good. It was okay. basically like this guy is essentially the second coming of Christ, and, and you as a viewer, you're like, okay... You don't know if he actually is, right, or if he's just, you know. Do they ever resolve it? <sighs> so, the way the show ends, you're like, oh my god, I cannot wait for season two. And there's not going to be a season. Oh two. my god, I, bastards! Uh, it's the worst. I'm so mother effing frustrated it's the worst. because yeah. Steve, at the end, you're like, I think he might be Christ, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I think he's Christ. <laughs> Uh, so I hate it when that happens. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, the passage, Steve. We really enjoyed that. One. We were loving this show. Yeah. It was right on track. The tone, yep. everything was great. And then it stops. Yep. Brothers and sisters, we all brothers love and that. sisters. <laughs> we all love that. God show. God, did okay. I love that show? Sally Field. It was so true to my own family. 
<laughs> well, anyhow, uh, he turns Bloodline. 90 today. Bloodline, same thing? Same yeah. thing. Wow. So annoying. Uh, and then the last birthday I saw is Coco Roca. Coco Roca. Uh, supermodel. That's what I don't know. Why Coco. am I? I'm unfamiliar with Coco Roca. I would have to see Coco Roca. It's not iced tea's Coco, is it? No. no. How do you spell Coco? C-O-C-O. Okay. Cacalola? Cacalola. Oh, that's a Pierreism, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd be able to play it if my screen worked over here. Uh, so Coco uh, Roca, uh, who is beautiful, we just saw a picture of her. As you would imagine, she's a supermodel. She's thirty three years old today. She should have been in Snatch. She's what? She should have been in Snatch. Yeah. All right, we'll see if we can uh, get an answer to this question. Where did Brenda and Eddie get their paintings from? And I will go to Mike M. He's the first caller in. Yo, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. You guys short. Are we oh, short. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's a first. All right. So where do they get their paintings from, sir? Well, right next to the chainsaws at Sears. Sears, yeah. yes. Yeah. Hang on a second, Mike. There was a time when Sears sold things like uh, paintings and I, so on. We had a painting from Sears yeah. in our den. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, hang on the line, and we, sir, are going to set you up with a pair of tickets to see Jim Gaffigan, the fun tour, Sunday, September 19th, 7 p.m. at the Met in Philadelphia. And tickets for multiple Jim Gaffigan shows at the Met, September 17th, 18th, and 19th, are on sale now. Uh, via Ticketmaster, complete details at WMMR.com. And like I said, I always love the way Billy Joel threw in that Brenda. He did the yep, English yep. version of ending with an A <laughs> and putting an R on it to go with Brenda and Eddie. Uh, and, of course, that's from scenes from an Italian restaurant. All right. We'll go through some of the entertainment stories. We'll start with this. James Corden has been granted a restraining order against a 30-year-old stalker who wants his wife of 10 years, quote, out of the picture. Oh, boy. According to documents obtained by Radar, a woman was shown, has uh, shown up to the Late Late Show host's home and work telling people they plan to elope. You must be out of your goddamn mind! Corden also alleges that she spent nearly, uh, yeah, she spent nearly a week in her car outside his home during the summer and didn't leave until the police got involved. Well, I would have called after the first day. Yes, a week. we'll give it a week. Uh, legal documents state that the stalker told cops that she and Corden were planning on escaping to Las Vegas to get married. She reportedly told police Corden's wife, quote, stole him from her. That bitch. And believed that they could be together once Julia was, quote, out of the picture. You almost wish you could see a visual representation of what they're seeing in their mind, what right. they believe. Yeah. Because it's unhinged, but we can't argue with the fact that it's Funny. Uh, the woman is required to stay 100 yards away from Corden, his wife, and their kids. She has also been ordered to end all attempts at communicating with the talk show. You know, one of the one of the most amazing ones was this long term stalker that Letterman had, who eventually she committed suicide by laying her head on train tracks. <clears throat> yeah, she was committed. Yes, mm-hmm. should have been committed. Uh, rumors started to fly on Wednesday after Us Weekly reported that Megan Fox was wearing an engagement ring given to her by Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, she was spotted wearing it while he was rehearsing for the MTV Awards. Uh, then her rep told E! News that she and Kelly are not engaged but would not comment about the reported ring. Uh, the initial story in Us Weekly teased that their engagement would be announced during the MTV VMA show this week. Ooh. We'll see. Maybe something like that will happen. Tom Hanks recently reflected on shooting Band of Brothers during the September 11th attacks 20 years ago. Uh, the actor told Deadline, uh, "We thought it would. We thought it quite possible that the broadcast of the series would be put on hold indefinitely, and it seemed WW3 had just broken out. Perhaps the series would then be too simplistic, too jingoistic." 
Uh, he said, we halted for two weeks, then continued providing a sobering tonic, I think. Uh, Hanks compa- compared the uh, World War II series to what was going on at the time, saying America was again facing a long, unknowable struggle against the enemy, uh, an enemy that has been unquestioningly working for the dark side of humanity. Uh, the Nazis and the Japanese Empire fought the dark for dark reasons of race, theology, of a domination of a status quo based on divisions by uh, caste. He said, where are we now 20 years later? As Harry Truman said, it is easier to remove tyrants and destroy concentration camps than it is to kill the ideas which gave them birth and strength. I'd forgotten that that was filming during that time. Yeah, yeah, and it is a great miniseries. Uh, Andy Cohen shared a bizarre exchange with a troll who critiqued his parenting on Instagram on Thursday. Pretty interesting how this rolled out. A screenshot showed... That a social media user reached out to the Bravo host to say, you should try and be a better person for your son. To which Cohen responded, what am I doing wrong? And the person replied, oh, wow, didn't expect a response. (laughs) I was just being a troll. You're doing fine. Sorry. (laughs) That shows you right there. A lot of times people are just bored and want to piss someone off. Uh, And so they pay it forward. And sometimes you need to call those people out. Yes. Uh, Cohen reminded the user that he is indeed a real person and politely suggested that he not troll people. Uh, The entire exchange is captioned with social media in a nutshell. Jonah Hill made his relationship with Sarah Brady Instagram official yesterday. The Moneyball star posted a selfie with his girlfriend, a community engagement leader for the Changing Tides Foundation, uh, with the comment, grateful for you, Sarah Brady. And uh, while this is the first appearance she has made on his Instagram account, uh, she has shared several photos of them together on her page. Uh, he looks like he's walked right off of a surfing movie, like, yeah. like you know, uh, Point Break or Big Wednesday. And uh, he, I w- if in this picture, I would not know that was Jonah Hill. No, not at all. Yeah. And she looks kind of surfer-ish. Yeah. He's kind of sun-bleached and, uh, you know. He's working with our buddy uh, Adam McKay right now. He's in that new movie that comes out in December, I think, the one about the, with Leo DiCaprio. And right, he, the end of the world the or the, the meteor world. hitter. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, Jonah Hill plays a person who works in the White House. Um, so, yeah, we should get Adam McKay on in the next couple of months to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sad news. Another character actor has passed away, and they're the types of people that, that we just love. We love them. Um, and you may not know his name, but you will know his roles most likely. Art Matrano. Stand-up comedian with a mock magic act who was the butt of jokes as the pompous cop boss, Ernie Mauser, in the second and third Police Academy films, has died. He was 84 years old. He's that, the guy that gets his eyebrows ripped off, if you remember. That, wow. that gag cracks me <laughs> It's up. hilarious. It's hilarious, especially in the pictures up in the studio when they actually draw... <laughs> Yeah, penciled thin eyebrows on him and, and, and gave him eyeshadow and all kinds of stuff. It's Hilarious. stupid, it's basic, but it's funny. The yeah. first couple of uh, police academies, I think, are still funny. They hold up. They have moments, yeah. He also, in I believe it was in that movie where he's in the shower singing and yes. he's singing Captain Mauser. <laughs> Yowzy Yowzer, and they, he's got uh, glue on his hand. He's got glue on his hand. Yeah, they put epoxy <laughs> in the shampoo. It's great. Uh, Matrano died Wednesday of natural causes at his home in Florida. His son Harry said uh, the curly-haired Brooklyn native also played uh, Rico Mastarelli, who managed nephew Chachi and Joni and their rock band on Joni Loves Chachi. That's right. Um, this is what I did not know in 1989. 
Matrano fell off of a ladder while working on the roof of his Los Angeles home, landing on his head and fracturing his first, second, and seventh vertebrae, and it left him a quadriplegic. But he made a remarkable recovery and turned his uh, tribulations into a one-man stage show called Matrano's Accidental Comedy, in which he actually gets up from the wheelchair and takes a few steps. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. he was able to, through sheer perseverance, um, gain a pretty good control of his appendages. His son said he was at the peak of his career when that happened, and then it just stopped. But he said he managed to enjoy life and overcome his adversity. Um, Steve had pointed out something that I completely forgot about him is that he used to do, he was a stand-up comedian, and he used to do this riff on Magician's Act, and I looked it up this morning, Steve, and I totally remember it after him coming back because the thing was he didn't have any props or anything like that, and he would provide his own soundtrack. He would go, and so he's moving around. He's just doing things with his fingers, right? Yeah. Like he's turning, you know, two into one, and he would... He, would, he puts it behind his back. He throws one up like that and catches it with two... <laughs> It's really, really funny. Yeah, or the card moving from one pocket to another where he puts the card in one pocket and then slaps his other pocket and pulls the card out of that pocket. The most obvious uh, tricks, but he sells them as if they're major magic. So my, like, the only video, like, I really have my dad, he's doing that. And and he's doing a dad, a dad, dad, It's a riff off of him. So it's really, really great because he's doing it. uh, You know, the, the grandkids are, like, eating it up. He, you know, he takes a, a dollar bill, he puts it into his one pocket, pulls a dollar bill out of his other pocket. <laughs> there you right? go. It's exactly like, yeah. Art Matrana. And everybody yeah. cheers for him, and then my mom's just standing next to him like, let's go, David. We Roll again. Because they were trying to leave. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the front yard of my brother's house. He's like, we got to go. Let's go. Uh, he was a cat skills guy. He oh, got, absolutely. He got going up there. Yeah. And, uh, but he eventually uh, made a lot of appearances, guest appearances on, on TV shows. <laughs> Mod Squad, All in the Family. Oh, we're watching the, <laughs> the, the videos up here in the studio. Doing He's the, doing the finger trick. Watch the this. finger routine. So <laughs> hang on just a second. We got to, uh, you guys have to see a little. <laughs> Oh, my God. He's got his index fingers, one on each hand, holding up his pointer fingers. He puts them behind his back, and he brings his hands back, and one is gone, and he's got two on on the other hand. He's just goofy stuff like that. I love when he throws them up in the air. It's the best. So, uh, But, yeah, he was also... uh, I mean, and this would go on and on, but with him, as you said, providing his own music. Uh, He was in uh, the Mod Squad, All in the Family, Beretta, Ironside, Bewitched, The Streets of San Francisco, Barney Miller, Starsky and Hutch, L.A. Law, The White Shadow, like everything. And then in movies, uh, Steve, I had forgotten about this. Do you remember the movie Teachers? Absolutely. He was the gym teacher that was having the affair with Laura Dern's character. Uh, He was in uh, History of the World Part 1. He was in uh, Stella, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, and he kept on working. So sad news. But uh, he lived a uh, he lived a, a really cool life. He was eighty four. Yeah, years old. absolutely. Sad news. Uh, let's see. All right, baby news all over the place. Uh, let's go with this. Uh, Alicia Vikander uh, is opening up to people about becoming a mom. The thirty two year old Oscar winner quietly welcomed her first child with husband Michael Fassbender earlier <laughs> earlier this year. Uh, she tells the outlet. Uh, I now have a whole new understanding of life in general. That's pretty beautiful and obviously will give a lot to any of my work in the future. I dig her. I think the rumor is she's working on a second Lara Croft, Preston. Ah, okay. Uh, Fassbender and Vikander will celebrate their fourth anniversary in October. Now, there's a big question about whether or not Shailene Woodley is pregnant or not. The Big Little Lies actress got fans buzzing on Wednesday 
when she posted a black and white photo of some seriously cute baby feet mm. on her Instagram story. Seriously. Uh, fans <laughs> immediately... Those the baby feet I've ever seen. Uh, fans immediately jumped to conclusions about uh, Woodley and her fiancé, Aaron Rodgers, uh, with one Twitter writing, is she a mom? Is that a random baby? Who is that? Did Shailene Woodley have a baby? And no one knew, so people are wondering if maybe. This was a pairing I did not see coming because no. she seemed so trippy and hippie-ish. And he's a, you know, a quarterback and a, and a jock. He's a smart dude. Yeah, right, right. But when I see them together, it's like, yeah, it makes sense. They're they're completely into each other. Wait, like, is it, this the post or was it just the baby feet and somebody's putting this picture next to them? Uh, oh, I think these are two different posts. Okay. These are two different photos. But I think but if it's baby feet, it's just it's a just, baby feet. could just be something cute. If she's then putting a picture of them as a couple or maybe next to it, she then she has shriveled baby feet, Kathy. Maybe those are her feet. Yeah. yeah, she just got a pedicure or she something like that. shriveled baby feet. Um, or maybe it's in response to Olivia Munn announcing her pregnancy it's with uh, Mulaney. John Mulaney. Olivia Munn and Aaron Rodgers were together, so... He was with Olivia Munn and then Danica Patrick? I think, yes. Or was it the other way no, around? No, Olivia Munn, then Danica Patrick. And now Shailene Woodley. Uh-huh. So maybe she's throwing shade. Mm, interesting. Uh, Probably not. kind of dumb. I know. Yeah. But Preston's our entertainment reporter. I would listen to <laughs> no, him. No, yeah, you're right. Listen to me. I apologize. Uh, so, Jennifer Love Hewitt announced Thursday that she has welcomed her third child, <laughs> Aiden James. Uh, she has three kids? Yeah, I guess I so. I didn't realize that. Uh, she shared a photo of her pregnant belly decorated to look like a winking face and captioned it with, well, this is how my kids sent me to the hospital. My belly was a big hit. So it says she had her baby, I guess. Are they all with the same dude? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I have no. I don't know what her relationship story is, Steve. She's on that show nine one one, right? What kind of an entertainment reporter am I? <laughs> yeah, she is on that. You can't keep up with everything. She's been married to this guy named Brian uh, Halisay. I don't know who he is. He's yeah. an American actor, but yeah, they've been married since twenty thirteen and have three okay. kids together. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, good for her. Uh, fans have discovered Matt Damon's finsta. Finsta? Oh, like, fake like Insta? Fake. That's her fake, it's his fake Instagram account. Matt Damon! Uh, the Jason Bourne actor revealed to GQ that he has a, quote, very private Instagram account with only 40 posts and 76 followers. Followers, And in less than 24 hours, fans uncovered <laughs> okay. uh, that ha- the handle at O-D-A-M-N-M-A-T-T. Matt Damon. So, Oda, Odom... And Matt, he's like know. you, it's, Preston. It's oh, a Matt damn. Damon. Uh, it's an, um, a scrambled Matt. Oh, Damon. Damon. Oh, damn, Matt. Oh, damn, Matt is a scramble of Matt Damon. You're right. So, and that he's followed by other celebrities, including uh, Chris Hemsworth and Pedro Pascal. You guys are in a special club. You've had Finstas, right? No, I haven't had a Finsta. No. You haven't had a Finsta? No. Was it a Twitter? Yeah. I had a I had a second Twitter account uh, that was going to be only movie quotes, ah. and I did like. Five movie quotes and I quit. <laughs> well, you didn't have a fake Insta. You had people who were faking to be him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was somebody uh, who was right. using my picture. So what is that called? And scamming. I don't know. It's a an Im- parody account or an, whatever. An impasta? An impasta. <laughs> Impostables. Uh, no, but uh, Finsta is one that you, you create yourself. You have All an right. Instagram account and that you kind of do it. Uh, it is, right? Where, where you do yeah. it. A fake Instagram account so that you can follow other people and be on Instagram and do it a bit privately. Surreptitiously, yeah. as that's, they say. That's what Matt Damon did. Um, you know the actor Stephen Weber from Wings? Uh, yes. We follow, he follows us on Instagram and we follow him. But there are, you know, relatively famous actors out there that 
don't have a ton of followers, and um, he's one of them. And, and it's just one of those things. I think some people like keeping their Instagram lives or social media lives a little more private. Yeah, so this is a verified account for yeah. Stephen Weber. He's only got 1,426 followers. We went, we had him on uh, at some point in the last year, and we went back and forth with him a little bit on Instagram, and he's a really nice guy. He's and, great. And, yeah, good, a good actor. But, yeah, he just doesn't have many posts and many followers. He was hilarious. When we introduced him and we kind of did our little applause, he's like, now, now, calm down. I'm just a regular person. <laughs> right, yeah. He, he was great. Uh, Bill Cosby <laughs> will not be going on the road anytime soon. Uh, the performer's rep tells TMZ the comedy tour that Cosby was planning <laughs> That's right. has officially been put on hold because of Judy Huth's civil suit. So he's going to have to be present for that, right? So he can't be so. touring around to... Filled stadiums of Cosby fans. This will yeah. be the rest of his life now. Yes, it just, will be. Just in court with They'll keep popping up. Yeah. You're exactly right. Uh, Huff uh, had sued Cosby in 2014 for sexual assault, alleging that he attacked her at the Playboy Mansion in the 70s when she was just 15 years oh. old. 15. Yeah. A trial date is... Your Honor, my son Theo will be handling my lawyering. <laughs> a, a trial date... Has been set for spring 2020. He's not your real. Well, what if he goes son. to like complete dementia? Yeah, Why would they, you not? Get, it becomes Cliff Huxtable. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It, your wife was a. She's a lawyer. She was an attorney. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else I have for you. Brooke Burke is engaged. We were just talking about her. Yeah, it was her birthday the other day. Yeah. Uh, to her longtime boyfriend, commercial real estate developer Scott Rigsby. Uh, people confirmed the news on Thursday, one day after the TV personality celebrated her 50th birthday. Uh, the couple first made their relationship red carpet official while attending Operation Smiles Hollywood Fight Night in November of 2019. Uh, so she's engaged. You have to have all these steps to a relationship. You have to become red carpet official, yeah. Insta official. All of that. It's too much work. It is. I agree. Uh, Rebel Wilson had to cancel her 41st birthday in March because of the pandemic, but she is making up for it now. The Pitch Perfect star has been celebrating all week on Marlon Brando's private island with guests like Anna Kendrick, Brittany Snow, Chrissy Fitt, and Shelley Regner, you know, her uh, Pitch Perfect co-stars. That island's beautiful. Do you think Marlon Brando haunts that island? Maybe. It's nice to meet you, Rebel Wilson. You would think so. <laughs> So it's his private island. I guess his family still owns it. Or? Yeah, I owned it. I just, I lived there for quite a long time. Did he ever? Did he have any kids? I did. Okay. I had a daughter and a son who was loony. Oh, okay. loony. Well, They're you're, all loony. You're loony. <laughs> I'm loony. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> That's my son. Uh, the birthday girl. And I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> <laughs> The kids and their dogs. The damn kids and their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so he he would retreat to this island, which apparently is a paradise. Yeah. Um, and he was one of the first island owning actors that I can recall. Wow. Uh, the birthday girl told the outlet, "I feel so lucky to get to share such an incredible adventure with those I love dearly. Rebel Island was something I dreamt up years ago, and the Brando." Uh, it says the Brando. The Brando is what you call me. I'm like the font. <laughs> made all my dr- hey. <laughs> made all my dreams come true with this trip. Uh, it was beyond epic and inspiring. Tonight I'm having a date with the Benelli triplets. The play- hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Ponzi would date like four or five girls right. at a time. They had to have some sort of genetic thing, yeah. Right. Uh, but she said, uh, this place is absolute heaven. No one. I'm dating the Simpson conjoined twins. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he never did conjoined twins. He always had twins triplets, right? <laughs> They're joined at the face. Yeah, yeah. This is this is gonna be problematic, <laughs> but I'm working on it. I will get that Hummer by the end of the evening. Uh, she said the place is absolute heaven. No wonder Marlon Brando worshipped it. Okay, so if you own an island, <laughs> okay, you don't like you don't have to pay. Like you buy the island, and then that's everything else after that is up to you. Like the upkeep and all that. Like you don't have to pay taxes on it. Well, right? I would like, assume that's are... the case. If you, if you're, it depends. Now I don't know if the island is say directly off. I don't think so. I think you got to pay the government that owns that island. I think that, like, you have the rights to it, but this is in French Polynesia. So, you know, there's probably at some point where Marlon Brando had to pay rights to the French government, had to pay taxes to the French government. People buy islands in, uh, like, um, Necker Island in the British Virgin Islands. Right. Branson pays taxes on that. Right. So I'm thinking it's not his own country. It's not not. Bransonville. You're not not a sovereign nation. I would imagine there are islands, for example, that are so remote and so e- useless and unattractive to countries that you could perhaps get your own autonomous island. You know, there's so many islands in, in the world, you know? Yeah, but I would imagine most of them are have been claimed. claimed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah by, claimed. By, by a nation. So uh, I don't know what the legality is. If we are. could have a precedent in Steve Island, that That'd would be, be great. great. Something Tropical Island. Island. Like yeah. not in the Aleutians. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so I have more stories for you. Jean-René Page uh, hinted that he may turn up at some point during season two of Bridgerton. Kathy. That's <laughs> Kathy's yeah. only reason for watching Bridgerton was this dude. Well, I, I just, again, I think that they ruined it, or he ruined it, by leaving. It, it remains learned? to be seen yet. We haven't seen it. It may, it may be great. Who knows? Oh yeah, no, uh, maybe. But I just think that that was he was the whole show. Yeah, Tiny okay. Rip off. Uh, when I a just re- my Bridgerton dildo. When a <laughs> reporter from British GQ <laughs> insisted on getting the scoop. Did you watch it? I watched a, an episode or two of it. You know what? And and um, I, I kind of liked it. There, is uh, this- I liked that it. it was like we talked about the music being anomalous to the time period. Yeah. yeah. But there is a scene, you mentioned a dildo. They're not using a dildo. But there is a scene where I think she's on, like, stairs or, like, a he has her propped up on something. Like, right. it just... It's on a ladder, right? A ladder, yeah, yeah, something. And, like, I remember watching, there because there is a lot of these sexies, but sure. that specifically, and I was like, what? Okay, this is not... The, forget about the music. Like, <laughs> what is happening? This, like, this it is just what, doesn't fit. It's what you classically refer to with novels as a bodice ripper, where, where it, it is, it's all about the, 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 the sex, the, the passion. steamy passion, all of that. Like, I almost thought, <clears throat> did that happen back then? <laughs> I, need, I need to go ladder shopping. <laughs> when a reporter from uh, British GQ insisted on getting the scoop on the actor's possible return to the hit Netflix series, he said, isn't there something wonderful about being surprised? By what you weren't suspecting, oh. Kathy. Kathy walking around Lowe's, you know. <laughs> this little lady will do the. This is the kind of lad I think you're gonna want for sex. Mm. Very stable. I want that ladder. <laughs> uh, let's see. The trailer dropped yesterday for the latest Matrix movie. Uh, the clip prominently features stars Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, whose character is Neo and Trinity, famously died in the last movie. Did you watch it? I did. Watch it yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Uh, yeah. They died in the last. 
I don't remember. I've, I've totally blocked out the last movie. I don't care about it. Was, it just got me so convoluted. It. I'll say it. It stunk. I mean, technically, it is it is incredibly well done. But I agree with you, Preston. I disconnected from yeah. any emotional yeah. thing involving the movie. In this, in the in the second one, it started to happen. By the third yeah. one, I'm like, I'm out. So this, I was telling you guys yesterday when we were watching. I'm yeah. like, I think they can save this. I think they can do it. It looks like they're taking the right approach for this. Uh, Neo has forgotten everything that happened. He's been blue-pilled now. Yeah. So he is back out in the Matrix. Yep. Uh, and so what they're really kind of doing is going back to the source material. Yes. And taking that process in. Now, what you don't want is just it's so redundant to the first one that it means nothing. Right. It looks like they're avoiding that. Uh, Matrix Resurrections debuts in theaters and on HBO Max December 22nd. It's nice to see Carrie Ann Moss again. I love I that. I haven't seen her in a long time. Also because she's a she's a great actress. Yeah. She was in the Marvel stuff on Netflix. Uh, Jessica Jones, and she was a right. character running through a, a number of those shows. She's really solid. She's an older actress, and I appreciate the fact that they're, you know, it's, it's so bizarre to say that, but in Hollywood she would be right. considered that. And she, But she's still great. She's still a badass. Yeah. It's awesome. No uh, no Lawrence Fishburne in the trailer, right? No, so which is bizarre. Yeah, and the, but there is a Morpheus character. Right. Yeah, it's, it appears to be, right? Yeah, I think uh, so. They call him Little Mo. Little Mo? Yeah. Little Mo. Little <laughs> Mo. Uh, let's see here. The new trailer for Dexter reveals the serial killer's now teenage son, Harrison, uh, played by Jack Alcott. Uh, set 10 years after Dexter went missing in the eye of Hurricane Laura, Dexter New Blood finds him living under an assumed name in the fictional small town of Iron Lake, New York. Uh, the series starring Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter will premiere Sunday, November 7th. I wonder, in the history of serial killers... Has there ever been a the progeny of a serial killer that went on to become a serial killer? It's mm. a good question. Yeah. They kind of flirted with that in um, uh, uh, Prodigal Son. Prodigal Son. Um, yes, he was fighting his, his demons. Yes. yes. So, uh, but yeah, it's a good question, Steve. Uh, so, anyhow, they're going to be coming back. And then one last thing: uh, Saturday Night Live will return for its forty seventh. Season on October 2nd, and a teaser trailer was released yesterday and shows a variety of title cards uh, from throughout the years before flashing to the main stage. I didn't see it, so I don't know what all they revealed in that. All right, we're ready for movies opening this weekend. Yep, here we go. We will begin with Queen Pins. It's a comedy slash crime film starring Mark Evan Jackson, Stephen Root, and Kristen Bell. Uh, frustrated suburban homemaker Connie and her best pal Jojo, a vlogger with dreams, decide to go for a broke, go for broke, and turn a hobby into a multi-million dollar counterfeit coupon caper. Uh, hour and 50 minutes long. It's rated R. Theater release today. Rotten Tomato score 46%, so not that great. Uh, and the second movie opening is The Card Counters. Uh, it's a mystery thriller. Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, Willem Dafoe star. 
Uh, the plot is an ex-military interrogator turned gambler is haunted by the ghosts of his past decisions. Uh, it's an hour and 49 minutes long. It's rated R, limited theater release, and Rotten Tomatoes gives that one an 88%. So this is the Paul Schrader film who did Taxi Driver and so many other, you know, wrote with uh, Martin Scorsese. Tiffany Haddish looks hot in this movie. She oh, looks, yeah? yeah, she is um, sort of a, uh, a temptress and... Um, uh, you know, it's it's a it's he always has a very rugged sort of approach to his movies. It's really you know gritty. Uh, but I to see her this way was like wow. I didn't yeah. know that was in her. Nice. All right, we're ready for clips now. The U.S. Marshal returns home from the trail to discover that his son has been kidnapped in Catch the Bullet. In this clip, Gatlin Griffith talks about how he prepared himself to play the villain. I kind of just looked at him and why is he the villain, you know? And I found that unsettled pasts and trauma tend to lead to people not being okay in the present, you know? So he has a lot of stuff that a therapist that would help with, but, you know, just didn't have the tools or the ways of getting about that help that he needed. So he takes it out on other people. Translation, boring. Uh, so Catch the Bullet is in theaters now. Here's the next clip for you. A ruthless criminal has less than 24 hours to live and exacts revenge on her enemies while also forming a bond with a past victim's daughter in Kate. And in this clip, Mary Elizabeth Winstead talks about life skills that she picked up during filming this movie. You know, funnily enough, uh, I learned how to drive a stick shift for this movie. <laughs> so so I got to learn how to do that, which is like a very practical thing that, you know, I haven't really done very much of it since then. So who knows if it's really stayed in there, but that was cool. And yeah, just learning how to shoot all sorts of different weapons, you know, spending time at the gun range. I want to see you naked. Kate is in theaters now, by the way. And there you go. That's the entertainment report for for you this morning. We have a lot happening on this Friday. We're always happy about that. We have uh, Glenn Howerton on the show around 9 o'clock. It's always sunny in Philadelphia and AP Bios. So we'll catch up with Glenn later on today. And Dan Cummins is going to be performing Punchline Philly. So he is going to be on the program. And we have a few stops to make with the T-Mobile Cooling Caravan with Duncan. Headed out to some job sites, locations where people need a little boost in the morning, a little cooling off at the same time. we got some iced coffee. Perfect. That we're going to be serving up for free, and uh, we'll find out who all is getting that. Word of the Week prize, back to school A to Z, all this stuff is happening. And we've got uh, more Phil's tickets to give away for the game on Sunday. Um, we'll have a chance to win uh, four packs of tickets, so hang close because we'll have your opportunity on the way. We'll be right back. Our spotlights the best rock with Jackson's local shots. That's right, and this month's artist is Foxtrot and the Get Down. See him live at the MM Barbecue. Trot and the Get Down, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. Hey, we have a new Daily Rush video, and it is called Casey's Water Ice Dilemma. Uh, the description says Casey wanted some water ice but didn't know what flavor to get his sleeping wife, so he didn't get her anything. Mm. What should he have done? Uh, you can follow us. By the way, 
Uh, in the past, we told you to go to WMMR.com, which you certainly can, watch Daily Rush videos. But if you follow us on Instagram, follow WMMR on Instagram, we will send it right to your feed. How about that you crap? You will get it that way. I so didn't know that. Follow WMMR on Instagram. And it's sponsored by Xfinity's Gig Speed Internet. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> Uh, you can learn more at Xfinity.com, by the way. So, um, you know, it's Friday, and it's kind of become a bit of a Friday thing. I didn't realize that, but it's, uh, I got food stories. It's connoisseur time. time for the connoisseur. Leading into the weekend, everyone wants to know what to eat. <laughs> <laughs> what? I figured I'd change it up a bit. I like that. Thank you. Uh, we're going to start with Chicken. Chicken. Yes, KFC is facing a boneless chicken tender shortage. I'm down with that. Oh, I saw this. I, I saw that there's going to be a chicken shortage. Oh, wait a second. Overall. Wait a second. Are you yeah. saying there's going to be not enough boneless chicken available? Yeah. Boneless chicken tender shortage. Oh, I misunderstood that. I'm not down with that. Uh, in an interview with Bloomberg, the president of KFC said that the company won't aggressively promote the product because... Of supply issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The boneless tenders are more labor-intensive to produce, whereas bone-in chicken is more readily available. So it must be a labor issue. I don't know for sure. Can't they just raise chickens with no bones? Maybe. Like these gelatinous things? They just lay there? Right. I am not one of those who is opposed to the bone. I I actually kind of prefer it, to be honest. I think there's a little extra flavor in it. Uh, and I, and I understand you'd, it's it's maybe you're thinking of body parts or or things like that when you're eating them, but like a good uh, uh, like a leg or a thigh. I, I like the darker meat. Um, uh, and I, I think I you're love eating it that way. That's probably the universe. At least the majority of people would say that that's that adds flavor to it. For me, uh, I I I don't like having to deal with that and removing pieces of a. It's already small enough. Give me all the nugget I can get. Winter storms and higher pandemic demand has uh, caused this supply shortage. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. It is a go-to takeout food, right? Yeah. Ten- chicken yeah, tenders and absolutely. stuff? Oh, my God, yeah, yes. Yeah. My uh, Yeah, my kids all still eat those like crazy. So when you have, have you ever gone to a restaurant? And I know, Kathy, you've probably done this. And uh, you'll just... I, I get off the kids' menu because the, they always have. If it's a restaurant that I there's nothing that I like, can I get can so I get nuggets I or never, chicken fingers? Listen, I never did that before uh, until this past summer, and we went to a restaurant. You guys know I don't eat seafood, and right. it was extremely seafood heavy. The only thing on the menu that was not seafood um, was like a large like New York strip steak, and I also was not into right. eating that that evening. And so um, Jace ordered the fish tacos, and uh, I was like, and we'll get the kids chicken fingers and fries, and he <laughs> pops up. He goes, I'm not eating that. I wanted the fish tacos. I was like, shh, I got up. I am. Yeah. I'm eating Tell that. Right? For me. Oh, my mommy <laughs> shut your mouth. So, yes, for the first time ever, I ordered off of the children's menu uh, right. while on vacation. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I follow my wife on this as well, uh, ordering pasta. Yeah. She, like, it's so, it's, all right, so it's not cost prohibitive, but with that said, it's more expensive than it should be on the menu. So, if you do order pasta, uh, Order the kids' pasta because it's it's way less. I'm telling expensive. you, there's a restaurant in Skipag. I told you, Basta Pasta, and they serve their portions are so gigantic that the children's size 
uh-huh. like like uh, spaghetti meatballs. Really, is more than enough for me. So I order that all the time. You're right. Some of these places, and I like I love you know I, I love them. I, I love real you know well made Italian food and and spaghetti bolognese and all that stuff. But the portions oh, are gigantic. Insane, mm-hmm. but like if you think about it, like fifteen, sixteen dollars for a meal—that's actually not a bad price. But like for pasta, you're like, well, hang on a second. How much is the that markup? Cheap. It is. Yeah. And cheap then, crap. Well, so it, you know, and my my wife is a she's a, a wiser spender than I am, right? So like when when we do like takeout, we get takeout from a couple of places down the shore, and when my kids ask for pasta, she's like, I cannot. I just can't. So she'll do just the kids' pasta for them. All right. Here's my pasta issue uh, at restaurants. I love uh, ordering it. In case you agree with you, the smaller size is usually better. However, I uh, really, really love garlic bread. But yeah. when ordering pasta, there's not enough room for both the pasta and the garlic bread, and I feel like I'm getting shortchanged in my meal. <laughs> Me- meaning, so, so you He think... wants to eat both, but he can't. I want to eat both, but I can't. <laughs> Wait, because why? It's too filling. <laughs> Yeah, because your uh, bread and bread. There's so much. Yeah, it's like I love I love garlic bread. It's delicious, but I can't have both the garlic bread and the pasta because I've I've eaten too much pasta. Okay, that makes sense. And and you know what? They almost always serve some type of bread with pasta, right? Yeah. And you may as well throw a baked potato in there too. Because, exactly. Uh, can we get more starch? Can we get more carbs in right. this? I, I feel like my... I feel like I'm shortchanged in the meal because I really enjoy the garlic bread. Nick, my garlic bread becomes a utensil by which I can. Yeah, sop up, sop up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, so it's not starch; it's a utensil. <laughs> or you could trick yourself into it and just make a pasta sandwich with garlic bread. I used to do that when I was a kid. <laughs> All right, and, and on on like uh, when they would have spaghetti served at, at and I was in still in grade school at that time. They would have spaghetti and garlic bread would come with it, mm-hmm. and I would pile the spaghetti on top of that. <sighs> And almost make like a little pizza, a spaghetti pizza. Spaghetti sandwich is one of the great things of childhood. Yes. I used to love spaghetti sandwiches. I wonder if there's any restaurant that does a spaghetti sandwich. Yeah, we should get that. That's a good idea. Or if not, uh, we're formally right now announcing the debut of President's (laughs) President's Spaghetti Sandwich Takeout. Spaghetti and meatball sandwich. Yeah. Put it on your menu. (laughs) Put our name on there. All right. uh, Let's see. I got something else here. Uh, This is pretty cool. Today, by the way, is National TV Dinner Day. Oh, wow. Uh, I did not know that. We don't have TV dinners by ZZ Top in there, Casey. No, we you do are not. kidding me. I swear to With the wrote, largest I just, library? I just wrote a note down to, to have ZZ Top TV dinners ready to go. That's a great song. It is a great song, and we have we have every song. Well, we'll just do We this. have every song. She's got TV dinners. Yeah, it's good. We'll just do it like that. Does that, does that work? No. No? All right. Do you know the song TV dinners? Nope. It's a great tune. So TV dinners. That's how it goes. It's it's, it's funky. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, here's it. It's toe tapper, right? It's it's TV dinners. Yeah. And knows how to use them. Uh, but anyway, um, so National TV Dinner Day is uh, observed at, uh, annually uh, September 10th. Uh, in ni- no, no, you can stop. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. We'll, we'll play legs. Smoked portions. Mashed potatoes. Little pieces of chicken, too. I have a feeling that Marissa's working on it. So. Yeah. Um, in 1953, C.A. Swanson and Sons Call. changed the prepackaged meal business forever, introducing the TV dinner uh, revolutionized frozen food. In 1962, Swanson stopped using the name TV Dinners. I didn't know it went to 
that they wrapped that up in 62. However, in the United States, the term remains synonymous with any prepackaged dinner purchased frozen from a store and heated at home. So I'm old enough to remember when this was a standard. We oh, would yeah. TV dinners oh, yeah. with everything, your little portion. You had a little yeah. dessert in there, too. I loved them. A little apple cobbler now and then. Oh, the brownie the dessert, was, like, so good. And that was the one Salisbury steak that I would eat. Oh, okay. In the, I'm, I'm sure, like, in a Swanson or banquet TV dinner. Loved them. That was uh, the last time I ever had a Salisbury steak was probably maybe I was like eight or nine years old because I don't I really I don't get sick that often. And uh, that was one of the maybe three or four times uh, I've ever thrown up in my life. Bad yeah. memory. Mm-hmm. And I decades for baked ziti for me. And then I returned eventually. I loved the way Salisbury steak tasted. Uh, and I haven't had it in almost 40 years. Something like my that. kids, it's, it's bizarre. It's almost like a treat. When we will decide to cook those ridiculous <laughs> TV dinners, microwave uh-huh. Salisbury steaks. Oh, okay. Uh, so we'll yeah, get yeah. like the the Stouffers, where like ten sure. of them uh, uh-huh. coming, and and we'll cook that up and and rice, and they love it because my my wife's mother uh, fed that to them, and she's not really the greatest cook, <laughs> and so uh, this was uh, this is what she would make regularly, and so uh, my kids see it as a as a as a treat. <laughs> When they have this garbage. Okay. Uh, our friends at Campbell Soup are the current owners of Swanson's. Oh, okay. That's cool. Do you remember, Preston, I don't know if you remember this, years ago, they marketed a special, one of the companies marketed a special kids TV dinner. Yeah. That would have like a like a puzzle on. Yes, on the package. On the package. And I. Like I, a brownie inside. Swanson? Loved that. I don't know if it was Swanson. Kids, qu- Kid Cuisine. Yeah. That's cuisine. one of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You guys know I've never had this in my life because my mom would never feed this to me. Um, but I remember my neighbor, uh, her mom would always give it to her. And so I'd be like, oh, maybe I can eat over there one day and try well, it. It was always done as the, it was always done as, this is a cool thing. Like it wasn't like the, the garbage heap of food, yeah. uh, you know, like just a quick thing. And I sort of like, so like now I'm doing um, freshly, I, I'll get get a couple of freshly meals, which are Prepared a lot, you know, better. It's fresher. It's right. a fresher TV dinner, essentially. But it's a TV dinner. It's yeah. exactly what it is. Um, but you know what, man? Back in our day, uh, you had to cook those in the oven, right? You cooked them in yes. the yeah, you, know, you didn't cook them in a oh, microwave. Really? Uh, microwaving the freshly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had talked to somebody who doesn't microwave anything because they feel like the microwave takes the soul out of the food. <laughs> it does. Oh, my God. What, what, is this an African shaman? <laughs> no. Is this but, someone we know? No. No, no, no. It's just it somebody I know. the soul from my Salisbury steak. The microwave oven has only been around for, what, 50 years now or something like that? Even longer, yeah. Uh, so. Robin souls for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> I still won't stand in front of the microwave because, I don't know, somebody told me I shouldn't. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> makes your mother somebody. again. It makes your nipples glow. <laughs> no, tell, don't ever stand in front of it. So, yeah, I always... Well, you know, stop. there is people with... Stop shaking your head at me. People with pacemakers <laughs> Oh, I'm stuff. sorry. I have to be aware. <laughs> Just going on science and everything, that's all. Uh, you know, the... Um, uh, in the on on the front cover of the microwave, uh, you know how there's like a mesh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can see through. Is that saving you? That's what protects the microwaves are are too large to go through that. They can't penetrate that, ah. and so therefore that's why that's otherwise you wouldn't be able to see in it at all. But they they made those little holes, and it can't uh, penetrate through that. That's so. what they would have you believe. <laughs> all right, conspiracy. <laughs> I've been using one for years. No you want me to believe that? <laughs> so the first Swanson TV dinner consisted of a Thanksgiving meal of turkey, cornbread dressing, peas, and sweet potatoes. I've had I've had my share of Thanksgiving Swanson TV dinners. Oh, and I think we have the song now. <laughs> 
line before that says TV dinners. TV dinners. Uh, so originally, really originally Swanson made uh, the tray of aluminum. Hang on. Uh, originally, Swanson made the uh, tray of aluminum. They separated each food item in individual compartments uh, at home. Uh, the cook heated the dinner in the oven. The cooking time was usually about 25 minutes. I know. Seems like an eternity now, doesn't well, it? Well, the freshies are about three minutes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, today, nearly all frozen food trays can be cooked in the microwave or conventional oven. So, yeah, you cook those in a microwave, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So, there you go. Uh, but I, it was Fresh exciting. Them. It was... Kathy, though, the like if they would include this little a- apple cobbler or a brownie or li- and that little dessert thing was like, oh, I can't wait. And then you take your first <laughs> bite and it'd be a quarter of a million degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, freshly goes in the microwave? Yes. Oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, when Swanson's first sold TV dinners, they priced them at 98 cents. And it, listen to this. This is great. In the first year, production estimates reached 5,000 dinners. That's the estimates, right? Well, Swanson exceeded that amount in the first year. They sold more than ten million. <laughs> what? Oh my God! Well, ten there you million, go. Ten million, ten million dinners. <laughs> ten, I'll tell you this: um, the the um, the whole concept was they used to market them as you could grab your dinner and sit in front of the TV and that watch it quickly. Yeah. That's where TV trays. Yes, absolutely. What's, yeah. what's the box that the kids these days get now? Uh, and it has like Lunchables. 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 Yeah. That's it. Jace always wants a Lunchable. Oh, man, my kids go for the pizza Lunchable. Oh, God. Which is like, uh, it's like sushi pizza. Which yeah. is gross. gross. Uh, it's gnarly. Um, what is, do you think, the best cheapest food out there? Meaning, uh, not like a you know, penny, penny candy, but like uh, uh, something you would actually consider to be a meal, like a ramen noodle. Ramen. I was going to say ramen. Yeah. 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 I love ramen. Yeah. Because uh, they're what, like a quarter for a package yeah, of them right. or something yeah. like that? And you can fill yourself up. And malto meal. <laughs> malto meal. Wow. Uh, let me see here. What is that, Marissa? Oh, Marissa found a spaghetti sandwich. It already exists, <laughs> and it's at a place we love, the Memphis Tap Room. In ah. Is it served on garlic bread? It says lentil, meatballs, uh, marinara, and vegan cheese. Is it all vegan? And stuff is, the place is great. Yeah, it's all vegetarian and vegan. Or is and it, don't is, call it a meatball if it's got no meat All of Memphis it. Tap Room? Oh, it's is, not. Is, no, but they just decided to do this vegan. It's a great okay. place. Gotcha. It is a great place, but I would go with meat and not... Uh, you know what meat. I like? Meat. Meat. <laughs> meat. Garlic bread. Uh, by the way, real quick, 1960, Swanson uh, added desserts uh, to a new four-compartment tray. So that's when the dessert came in. Uh, in 1969, the first TV breakfasts were marketed. Never did the TV breakfast. Great starts breakfast and breakfast sandwiches followed later. I, we would do that, the, the microwavable breakfast thing all the time when I was a kid. Uh, in 73, Swanson marketed the first Hungry Man dinners. Mm. The meals included larger portions of its regular dinner products. I remember those. Which is true because the, the, the original TV dinners, there wasn't a whole lot to them. No. They, 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 it was very small portions. So, uh, And then they have microwave oven safe trays that debuted in 1986. So you had to wait till then uh, to have your microwave Those safe. Those kids' me- uh, microwave uh, or those uh, TV dinners from the time that I was talking about, Preston, they also came, if you remember, with a packet of chocolate milk powder. So you can make I don't remember that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sometimes I remember there'd be like uh, Steve for your brownie, 
yeah. uh, like a uh, a sauce, like a like a chocolate sauce to drizzle that you could drizzle on <laughs> that. And that that you had to take out, yeah. and soak it in warm water, and it couldn't, would uh, it would bake thaw it. out. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't remember the. Uh, I don't remember the chocolate powder. That's interesting. But it's such an exciting time. Yeah, it was. I mean, we were heading towards putting a man on the moon. Yep. So and TV dinner. Oh, uh, a national TV dinner day is today. All right. I got some other things that we can get to food and drink wise. We'll start with this. Alcohol free wine is just as good for you as the real thing. You agree, Kathy? <laughs> I don't agree that either of them are good for you. <laughs> uh, researchers from Anglia Ruskin University found a 40% reduced risk of coronary heart disease among people who drank up to 11 glasses of wine per week. Wow. A day. That's a lot. Uh, compared to non-drinkers and binge drinkers. There's always some aspect of this that they're leaving out, though. You're drinking 11 glasses of wine a week? That's a fair amount, right? Yeah. I mean, that's over... Two bottles. Uh, the same reduced risk was found among those who regularly drink non-alcoholic versions, suggesting that the benefits are due to the grapes, not the alcohol. Well, so then can the same case be made for grape juice? I don't know. Okay. There's a lot of sugar in grape juice. Well, maybe. I there don't was know. Uh, several non-alcoholic wines that were available in grocery stores in PA before you could buy uh, right. liquor and, 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 well, beer and wine in grocery stores. And I've tried them over the years. Um, you know, I've been at parties or whatever. It's fine, I guess, if you want it. You know, you want to drink something that's non-alcoholic, but I don't know. It, it didn't didn't do much for me. So Rochelle doesn't drink anymore. She hasn't drank in I don't know five, six, seven years, something like that. She had uh, it, it um, caused her body temperature to go up. And she gets uh, she also can't sleep. She kind of gets insomnia. So she Not quit good. drinking. Yeah, and uh, so we do mocktails all the time. Uh, pina colada is the most popular one in our house. Uh, but not that long ago, we were out shopping and we saw a place that had uh, mock yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, whiskeys. Oh, and so what we, do you think of those? We bought it just so she could say, "All right, well, I'll try that out and, yeah. and, and see how it is." It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, it's gross. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, Whatever no. brand it is, we bought was bad. Now I, I don't know if there are any good ones that exist out there at all. But essentially. It's like, have you guys ever had bitters before? Yes. Okay. No. It tasted like that, oh, like God, straight no. bitters. No. Ew. No. There's um, Preston, there's a local woman. I don't know if, if Rochelle has ever tried it, but it's called uh, Mingle Mocktails, and that's what it is. It's alcohol-free um, cocktails, and it's a local woman that started it, and it's a pretty, uh, it's gaining a lot of popularity. Mingle Mocktails. I'm writing this down. Mock. Yeah. Tails. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'll check that out because we're always looking for some kind of new palate. Because yeah. when we're having company over and everybody's drinking wine or, or beer, whatever it may be, she wants to join in on that activity. Uh, but, you know, uh, so we go with uh, mixing up pina coladas or margaritas and stuff without without the alcohol in it. And this woman, that was the reason that she created it was um, for the social aspect of it. Yeah. And, when you know, when people... If you like <laughs> <laughs> saying to you, you know, like, oh, why aren't you drinking or what are you drinking? And it's sort of just this woman stopped drinking alcohol and she created this and she says now in social situations, she's fine. She can have something in her hand and, you know, it satisfies her enough. Somebody once pointed out, maybe it was you, Casey, that alcohol is one of the only drugs that people go, well, why aren't you doing this? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, What's yeah. wrong? Is something wrong? Why aren't you, you doing okay? this? A lot you know of times I mean? people don't even notice. And I know like when I stopped <laughs> drinking, I, that was going to be a big thing. I'm like, oh, what am I going to tell people? Right? right, seriously, and uh, and yeah. for and so what works for me a lot of times is uh, I'll just say I'm not drinking tonight. 
which is not a lie. And yeah. then the other one, I just say, I'm a raging alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I have a real yeah. issue with alcohol. Mind your own business. Yeah, yeah. it makes me evil. Stop and it's destroyed question. my personal life. So is that okay that I'm not drinking tonight? <laughs> there was a stretch, Casey, where you were drinking, um, what was it, like a, just like a soda water with lime in it? Or, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just to have something in your hand. And, and then I was like, I, I don't like this. So right. I'd rather just drink a Diet Coke well, or Preston, water or whatever. Preston, you were drinking Caliper, is that right? Uh, uh, Caliber. Caliber, okay. Which yeah. uh, non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. that uh, Guinness makes. Matt it's Caliper. pretty decent. Wine is sick. <laughs> yeah. Try some Cowper tonight when an unexpected guest drop by. Is that like Rionini? It's sick. It's sick. It'll make Rionini. you... If you drink too much. It'll make you sick. <laughs> Try our spritzers, too. Oh, I like a spritzer. Cowper on ice. Cowper on ice. <laughs> so very nice. Oh, my God. It needs to be... <laughs> Product. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what were you going to say, Nick? I forget. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, anyhow. Uh, Try our sarsaparilla. Alcohol-free <laughs> wine is just as good for you. All right, what else we have? Uh, all right, so let's go back to, we had mentioned uh, the Memphis Tap Room and them uh, doing the vegan spaghetti sandwich. Well, Impossible Foods is now bringing more to the table. This time it's plant-based chicken nuggets. Okay. I've had them. Yeah. Oh, Wait, you have because so have I, and they were the most disgusting things I've ever eaten in my life. Well, then I've had I've had different. So Hip City Veg has the best chicken nuggets I've ever tasted, and there's no chicken. Okay, so this was sort of like it looked like it was dark meat, but it wasn't meat. It was plant based, yeah. and it had like a breading around it. It looked really good, and I was like, oh, I'll try this. Right. Not oh, good. Like, what is this? What is this texture? What am I eating? So they use plants sa- or satan? not? I guess it is satan, right? The, uh, the the often used for chicken substitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, and the Satan actually cooks them. <laughs> Wait, you try this. <laughs> uh, but uh, they they're at, Casey. They're excellent. We actually yeah. put them out at a party. Yeah, and people had no idea. So we have a vegetarian living in my house. Uh, my my oldest is now a vegetarian, uh, more pescatarian, but uh, we have a. Lot of impossible meat in our house now, right. and we do the impossible ground beef a lot, and it is it's damn good. You know, I love my, it. Yeah, my wife will make. Uh, I, and Preston is you're, Preston's right in the. Uh, it's not exactly, but the taste I like. Yeah, I like good. the impossible mm-hmm. taste. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't necessarily yeah. taste exactly like beef or, right. or pork or whatever it is they're trying to to simulate, but whatever it tastes like tastes good to me. Yeah, yeah. when you're making things oh, no. like nachos, like my wife will make nachos for you know. Uh, the, the household, and, and she'll crumple up the, the impossible burger meat or whatever on there. You can't tell the difference. Dude, Not when it's got the cheese and the salsa and everything else with it. I'm telling you, <laughs> that that uh, that impossible cheesesteak from Wilson's mm-hmm. Unbelievable. was fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah. I couldn't stop eating it. It was excellent. Get me the biggest cheesesteak fan in Philadelphia. Yeah. Sit them down and give them one of those. <laughs> and don't and don't don't say, all right, you know, tell me if this tastes like right. meat. Right. Just say, eat this, and does it taste good? Yeah. That's the difference. So somebody who is, you know, a hardcore meat eater might say, this ain't no meat or whatever. No, just set that aside. Does it taste good or not? Okay, and because that, that cheesesteak at, at Wilson Secret Sauce is fantastic. And what was the ingredient? What, it. Was it seitan? That, that, no, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, 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 I think know. he uses Beyond or Impossible. I'm not okay. sure exactly what he uses. I think it's Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm looking at what I have, what I had, and, and this restaurant changed, right? It, so it, w- it was one uh, healthier restaurant to a next, the next, and they had... Uh, 
chicken on it. And so they were called chicken. Bacon. chicken. They were called chicken strips. Well, now chicken they're just strips. called strips. And so I, I ordered that thinking I was yeah. getting the chicken and then realized, and, but it says plant-based. So it's a plant-based okay. strip. It doesn't say exactly what's in it, but I'm assuming it's similar to what you're I talking about. I want plant-based strips, Mommy. <laughs> uh, so Impossible Foods is describing this as having a golden crispy bread crumb. <laughs> Bread crumb. Oh my God! I can't believe I said that. That's all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in your chicken strips. Stop it. What's that special ingredient again? It's a little salty. bread crumb. Do you guys do you guys buy that? Because I just made some. Here's, it's great. Here's all audio right. of the chef, Preston. Wait. Oh yeah. I just I I think I like your reaction more than the the actual flub itself. You're like mm. I just can't believe you just said that. All right, having golden crispy bread crumb coating. You're working in the kitchen uh, today. Where's something low cut and a juicy and springy white meat texture. Uh, so it says uh, restaurants all over the U.S. will feature these nuggets on their. Menu and consumers. Well, there's two types. There's the bread coming and there's the bread jigs. <laughs> and pick up bags for themselves at stores such as Walmart, Albertsons, Kroger, Gelson's, Safeway, ShopRite, and Giant later this month. Maybe that's why I didn't like those strips. they right. Brought back bad memories of prom night. Okay, let's go somewhere. <laughs> every other night. <laughs> let, me, let me play that uh, jizz music. Jazz music, sorry. You ever been to Jizz Fest in New Orleans? <laughs> Hi, Bill. You having fun this morning? It's Friday. Uh, all right, we're going to go in for dessert. This is the last yes. story. How about okay. this? Uh, so the Cheesecake Factory has an all-new cheesecake. It is coconut cream pie cheesecake. That sounds... Oh, Nick. Nick and I are is that out. like gelato? Oh, this sounds fantastic to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are we doing here? Coconut milk. There we go. New England boiled coconut. <laughs> Ooh, I hate coconut. Uh, the limited time offering is made with coconut cheesecake, yep. vanilla custard, and a layer of chocolate on a coconut macaroon crust. We've invoked the Cheesecake cheesecake mm. uh, cheesecake Factory's array of cheesecakes, which are sensational. Mm-hmm. You will absolutely find something. Uh, do you have a particular favorite there, Preston? No. Or do you go enough to have a particular I can, favorite? No, I don't go enough to have a particular right. favorite, but when it comes to cheesecake, I can have straight-up plain New York cheesecake, well, it, or yeah. I can have it filled with all kinds of good stuff. I absolutely adore cheesecake. It's I hate fantastic. it. it I know you, you do. It. It, is, it is so wonderful, but it is so part of, staggeringly calorically high. Part of one of the things I love about cheesecake is the crust, is that, that graham cracker crust. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the only thing I like. So I've never been a cheesecake fan. Really? Um, yeah. No. And again, I think it goes back to my texture issues. However, uh, and I, we talked about this place before, the Cheesecake Lady. Oh, and, yeah. Yes. Oh, my. Like, it's. You have to wait in line. And, you, and you have to wait it's, in line. it's like one Certain of these. Days. They're yeah. only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And they open like whatever time they open. I forget the, the time, 9 a.m. or something. And then they're only yeah. open until they sell out. Once they sell out, that's it. They close. Was that the one that was in Skipback? Because there was a No, great... it's in uh, Elkins Park. Oh, okay. There was a really great cheesecake place in Skipback, but they yes. moved. And I don't remember where they ended I up. I know going. what you're talking about. Yeah. I went in there and was blown away Holy by crap. what they had. But yeah, it was a really small place and they ended yeah. up moving. Where is this, Kathy? Uh, Elkins Park, I think you it's said. A, yeah, I think it's Elkins Park, yeah. Why doesn't she franchise or, or well, open another 
place in another part of the uh, area. I think she's doing a smart thing, Case, because she's she's building up like with these like uh, like um, like Burger Buff and all the other places. They, yeah. they build up this reputation by limiting the menu and access to it, and that drives consumer interest. But, but if it's that up- good, oh, sorry. sorry, she updates people on her social media account. Right. So like she'll say sold out of strawberry shortcake. So you know if you're coming there, like you're not going to get the strawberry well, shortcake now. To that point, Case, you introduced me to Zaz ice cream. Mm-hmm. Zaz does the same thing. Zaz has certain limited flavors, okay. and, and you got to get in quickly or you will lose out. But if it, I mean honestly, if it's that good, I just because I can't help but think of uh, nothing bunt cakes. They're right. awesome, right? I hadn't maybe a year ago had never heard of them, and now like, and but I didn't know it was a franchise. Yes, I had no clue it was a franchise. So you know, something like this, you know, you don't have to. Well, our friend Kim, who who has, she's brought bun cakes by here and has supported some of the charities that we, that we do. Yeah, she has a couple stores, and and the thing is, is that they're all linear. The quality is yeah. across them is all. So great. if this lady could, you know have a, a nice standard that is always met, like open another spot somewhere else. Let's put one inside our Preston and Steve spaghetti sandwich place, Preston. Right. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do island. that. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's not, if you ever watch like, uh, uh, Shark Tank. Yes. The, the stuff you have to do as a business person to be able to make that happen and trust people that are going to help you out and do that, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's well, not, that's the thing. It's to, not easy. To hey, sharks, something yum-yum for your tum-tum. <laughs> oh, yum-yum. This is the pitch. <laughs> yeah, the big pitch, right? God, I want to I I axe murder every one of them. It's but with a, fr- with, a, with a franchise, you have you have to maintain that quality. That's, yes. that's the point of it. If you look at a franchise, yeah. the reason it becomes a franchise and stays a franchise is because they they can maintain the quality of it. So right. if you're, you know, if you're a little mom and pop shop, you've got to be careful. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, the the show about uh, Ray Kroc. Yeah, uh, covers yeah. that clearly. The founder, the founder yeah. yeah, of of McDonald's is like he he went around yeah. to each one to make sure that they were following the exact standards, and it kind of started that whole franchise standard. Yeah, uh, and most of them come with a program. So if you're opening a franchise, yeah. you've got to go through their program so that you do exactly as yeah. they say. I mean, so the people, when they go in, they know exactly what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Sharks is the mom and pop shop that'll make your top pop. <laughs> <laughs> and at what point do they cry? Where does that where does that switch take place? <laughs> when they start to say cool. no. And goiters. <laughs> goiters. And we used to sit there and cry for <laughs> what does this have to do with your uh, tea uh, set? Yeah, oh, they God. start crying when uh, the sharks start telling them that their idea sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a little child. <laughs> My like great great grandfather uh, was wounded in some war sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Very sentimental, yeah. but your idea means blows. a lot to me. His name escapes me, but yeah, nobody ever remembers <laughs> his name. <laughs> All right, anyhow. Uh, so, yeah, Cheesecake uh, Factory has a new cheesecake if you're interested. All right, that's all we have time for in the Connoisseurs today. Order up, please, if you would. Thank you. <laughs> that works. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, we are going to take a break, but let's make somebody super-duper happy. And they have great food here, too. And this would be at the Phillies games. Yeah. Uh, Citizens Bank Park this Sunday at 105. I got a four-pack of tickets for the game against the Rockies. Uh, by the way, it is family day, uh, and we'll take caller number 19 at 215-263-WMMR. All fans 15 and over receive a Phillies picnic blanket. So call now. You can get tickets at phillies.com, but we will uh, set you up if you're the correct caller. 215-263-WMMR. Coming back with the Bizarre File. Stay with us. 
Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Can you believe football is back? This Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Interact me, swoop in and win sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2022 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve show. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, yes, the Preston and Steve Cooling Caravan, presented by T-Mobile, is out as we speak. And the first stop, nice choice in the song, Tall Cool One. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, the Vanguard School in Malvern. Wow, and we got an e- Yeah, we got an email from Debbie Halley. And she says, hey, everybody's so excited to receive this special treat at the end of our first week of school in session. Uh, It's been a rough year and a half in general uh, dealing with the pandemic, especially uh, for our Vanguard students. We educate children from over 56 different school districts in southwestern PA and uh, the state of Delaware with a range of disabilities, including autism, intellectual, social or behavior issues. And our staff has done an amazing job to keep our students engaged in virtual and hybrid learning. And the staff are looking forward to a great year. And this is a great way to start off the 2021-2022 school year. So thank you so much, WMMR Rocks. And that is signed Debbie Halley. So we are more than happy. Well, that's about as good a stop as you can possibly come up with. They're doing great work over there. Absolutely. So uh, thank you to T-Mobile for teaming up with Duncan to help uh, the folks cool down and speed up their day. And that is exactly what we're doing. I think we have three stops all together uh, for the cooling caravan uh, this morning. So if you see the Duncan vehicle out and about, know that it's headed uh, to a fellow Preston and Steve listener and WMMR fan. Yeah. Who's getting some much uh, needed uh, boost in their day. And uh, and it's going to be warming up this weekend. So the cooling part of it still stands, even though we are in September. What's the high for today? Today's 77. Today's beautiful, man. Uh, but Monday's going to be 90 degrees. Oh, we're back. So, yeah, we're heading back up there. And I would imagine it's going to be a little bit muggy, too, with all the rain and the... Uh, um, yeah. the ground that we yeah, got. Yeah, true. So we'll see about that. But nonetheless, going to be a gorgeous weekend weather-wise. And we... Oh, something else I want to mention. This is the last second giveaway. And we're not going to do one right now. But we will, during the show, before it's over, give away uh, two pairs of tickets to see this really intimate show at Franklin Music Hall. It's the killer. Oh, yeah. What? On Wednesday... <laughs> A Wednesday the <laughs> It's amazing. No, no, honestly, it's a shocker. Yeah, so it's kind of a it's kind of a warm-up thing that they're doing. Uh so tickets go on sale today at ten AM, by the way. MMR VIPs that are opted in for the MMR VIP emails have an extra chance to win before they go on sale. 
Just go to WMMR.com. The deadline is 9 a.m., so that's, you know, less than 50 minutes from now. And uh, you do need to be fully vaccinated, uh, 14 days post-final dose, and test negative for COVID-19 within 72 hours of the show. Also, mask wearing will be required throughout the venue. So those are the uh, requirements for you to go to that. So we'll have two pair to give away this morning. So listen up for your chance to win. So, again, that's the Killers, Wednesday, September 22nd. Is that next Wednesday? This is the following Wednesday um, at uh, Franklin Musical. Pretty sweet deal. Let's do the Bizarre Five. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre Five. All right, it is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK. To get in on the action. We'll start with this. Uh, An Illinois woman was so upset that her son would miss school that she falsely claimed a bomb was on a plane at a South Florida airport after missing her flight. Oh, man. Uh, Marina. That's illegal, right? Verbitsky was with her husband and son Monday night at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport when they missed their JetBlue flight. Prosecutors say she yelled profanities at the employees and said that the bomb was in her already checked luggage. Passengers were evacuated. The plane was searched, but no explosives were found. Uh, Burbitsky was arrested and charged with falsely reporting a bomb. And that's a federal offense. So I guess she thought that uh, maybe they would turn the plane back around and come by and get them if she said that. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll let you on. The bomb thing was good. You got us. Yeah. Um, Marissa, where is she? The story for you. Vancouver police say 17 paddle boarders had to be rescued on Monday after becoming stranded in strong winds, waves, and currents while trying to cross English Bay. Uh, tugboat operators spotted the paddle boarders struggling in the conditions. Uh, the VPD Marine Unit, Coast Guard, Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue all had to contribute in the rescue efforts. It's a, it's a lot. See, when you're doing that, your body actually becomes a sail. Yeah, police said that their lack of experience combined with wind, tides, and waves created very heavy marine traffic, pushed the paddle boarders into the uh, treacherous situation. He said, unfortunately, this group thought that there was safety in numbers and greatly underestimated conditions. We were wrong. The 17 <laughs> rescued were part of a larger group of 30 that set out from the from uh, Jericho and Vancouver with intentions of reaching Ambleside in West Vancouver. The other 13 made it across. Uh, the incident also serves as a reminder that shipping lane traffic can be extremely dangerous due to winds, tides, and heavy boat traffic as well. So Marissa had her paddleboard run in recently. I thought she would like to hear that. A Turkish court has ruled that a model found dead on a chair with her hands cuffed behind her back, her mouth stuffed with cloths, and a trash bag placed over her head committed suicide by imitating a scene in a movie. It seems viable. Yeah. Uh, Christina Novska, or Novietska. What about the bus that was on top of her? They said took her own life by imitating a scene from the 2003 film The Life of David Gale, starring Kevin Spacey, Kate Winslet, and Laura Linney. I don't remember this song. Did they suggest how she was able to do all this? Um, not particularly. So investigators initially suspected that she had been murdered. Uh, she was found dead by her landlord when he gained entry to the property with the aid of a locksmith. The body was discovered when neighbors, who had not heard from her in two days, raised the alarm. Nah, it was a suicide. Emergency and police teams were dispatched to the scene and could only confirm that Christina was dead. Friends of the model from Ukraine 
who also worked as a translator and part-time dance instructor, said that they did not believe that her death was a suicide. That's just crazy. It also seems that the investigators initially agreed, but they changed tack when several pieces of evidence seemed to contradict that hypothesis. What was this evidence? Police found that the property was locked and that there was no sign of a break-in through the iron-barred windows. All right, could it have been someone she knows? They also noted that the box for the handcuffs was found next to the model's body. It was later found that she had ordered them online four days before she died. Okay, that's a little interesting. The court placed emphasis on a key statement taken from the young woman's mother who lives in Ukraine who said... Her daughter was using antidepressants and had suffered under lockdown. Uh, She was also said to have experienced frequent migraines. The court was unable to identify anyone who who encouraged or enticed Christina, uh, who was in a relationship with a Turkish man at the time, to take her own life. The young woman uh, spoke fluent Turkish and had apparently been planning to fly back home shortly before she died. So... I don't know, man. It says that no charges were were made and the case is now considered closed. But that does not sound like a suicide to me. No, but some of the things you said sounded like they they could validate their supposition. I uh, surrender to the court. Uh, Altoona police in Pennsylvania say a woman was waiting in an apartment for officers to respond and admitted to stabbing someone she lived with after the two argued over how loud she was being. (laughs) Well, that escalated. Shannon Herb uh, has now been charged with attempted criminal homicide, two counts of aggravated assault and recklessly endangering another person after police said the victim suffered severe wounds to their neck and chest. Stabbed him in the neck? Yeah, police said Herb was standing and waiting for officers to arrive and admitted to officers on the scene and detectives at the station she stabbed the victim. So the person was taken to an area hospital for treatment. Police said the officers located a 15-inch kitchen knife. Oh, my God. That they believe was used in the stabbing. That's huge, man. Um, Herb is in the Blair County Prison on a $500,000 cash bail. But she was apparently being too loud. The other person didn't like What do you mean I'm being loud? So she stabbed her. That is messed up. How cool the name is Herb, right? If Herb. It's E-R-B, by the way. Oh. Herb. All right, and one last story. This is out of Ireland. A video posted on Twitter by a youngster celebrating his communion can be seen untying a bow from a gold-colored balloon, a gift from his grandparents. Now, family members sit around filming the moment, obviously uh, aware that there's a special gift tied to the end of the balloon. It was a crisp $100 note. Unfortunately, the little boy didn't know this, and as soon as he unwraps the bow, the balloon flies up into the air, and the $100 note fluttering into the wind (laughs) as it completely disappears out of sight. To be honest, how could they not have seen the potential for that? They said it was likely the balloon was tied to the bottom of the box, but snapped as soon as the bow was unwrapped, leading to the at once awful but hilarious scene. The other partygoers lose the plot, gasping and shrieking with some horrified laughter, and then one person uh, cries, 100 euro, and another one goes, you're messing. Uh, the you're com- messing. Uh, the communion boy, <laughs> still blissfully unaware of what has actually happened, hears the word 100 euro and looks hopefully into the box. The balloon has just flown, but the video ends before his reaction can be captured. So they, it just took off. It's gone. They'll never find it. And that is what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. All right, I'm going to turn right around and do this right now. Do it! Giving away a pair of tickets to that killer show I just mentioned a little while ago. And we'll take caller number 20 at 215-263-WMMR. You need to be, both uh, attendees need to be fully vaccinated, 14 days 
post-final dose and test negative for COVID-19 within 72 hours of the show. There's going to be a and, uh, mask uh, wearing is required throughout the venue. But it's at the Franklin Music Hall. It's a small show for this band, The Killers, uh, Wednesday, September 22nd. If you would like to go, be caller number 20. Like I said, 215-263-WMMR. And we will give you those tickets. We're going to take a break. Coming up on the program in a little while, Glenn Howerton, comedian Dan Cummins, and more. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Cosmic Cafe and Cider House, Art One Boathouse Row on Kelly Drive. We offer breakfast all day and great lunch choices with ever-changing menu specials. Cider House serves cider and pre-con cidery, plus a selection of local beer, wine, and spirits. We have a beautiful review and live music every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Next message. Hey, my name is Jackie, and I'm a virtual dog and cat trainer. I've been listening to TNS, that was TMS, and now travel full-time with my cat, Claude, and transitioned all of my training courses to virtual programs so that I can still help everybody create the pet of their dreams. My new program, Couch Potato to Trailblazer, is designed to help cats enjoy their harness and any car trips like to the vet or even hiking. I also offer all that normal dog training stuff. Get started today at drivek9.com with a free ebook, and you can follow Claude's journey on Facebook at Claude Cross Country. Congrats to the entire PNS show for getting to the Radio Hall of Fame. You guys rock. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Casey's got his hand raised. Uh, Steve, just so you know, the name of the song is actually called They Are From a Different Planet, uh. parentheses, <laughs> space people. Okay, so there's still so, time. Yeah, it's going to come up a little bit later All on. Right. The tease. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Good to know. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. I know there are a few things I want to mention. Yes, uh, Glenn Howerton is going to be joining us in a little while. We're going to talk to him about uh, Always Sunny and AP Bio. Uh, comedian Dan Cummins is going to be on the show, too. More stops on the T-Mobile cooling caravan with Duncan and giving away a word of the week prize and all that stuff. And uh, a reminder, <clears throat> tomorrow, in case you didn't know, which I'm sure you already did, is the 20th anniversary of the uh, terrible events that took place on uh, September 11th, uh, 2000. Uh, so 2001, sorry. And uh, we're going to have some special programming uh, tomorrow. Pierre Robert is coming in. And uh, it'll be uh, at 8 a.m. I can't believe we're getting him out of bed at 8 a.m. He'll come in for that. Uh, but it is an observation on the 20th anniversary. So he's going to be handling stories and music uh, from the event uh, tomorrow on uh, the air. If you yes. want to uh, tune in for that. And, and he will that, acknowledge the moment of silence, too, as well. Uh, so we were going to play a couple of clips, I think, uh, this Yeah, this morning. audio has recently come to light. Some of it is, is brand new. <clears throat> Some of it has been around for just a little bit. But it is, listen, it's always powerful and, and um, it, it, it puts you in that time. But this is mostly air traffic audio from uh, control towers uh, back and forth between the various aircraft that were in the air for a number of different scenarios. They're um, on their way over. Okay. There was a hiccup. Uh, no, not a problem, not a problem. But uh, so a lot of this stuff, it's amazing, Preston, you think, with all the focus in on it. Like Casey pointed, you talked about this this Netflix yeah. uh, special about 9-11. <clears throat> There's still stories that are, that are coming out, still, um, you know, uh, pieces of audio, pieces of video. There was a piece of video, I, I thought, I mean, I've seen... 
I watched so many of these things, and there was a piece of video I'd never seen before recorded from a, a pregnant woman who was mm-hmm. a couple of buildings away from, you know, the, the, the Twin Towers and an angle I had never seen before. And, and you know, within a, 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 you know, a click of the fingers, you're back there in that moment. And, you know, I felt a rush come over me of like, you know, you start trembling. It, it puts you right in there. So when you think, okay, I've seen a lot now where I can... I can process and handle it. No, it, it no. still comes back. It's, I was yeah. reading a story. I had my end up. I was reading a story uh, about a guy the other day uh, who I'd never heard before who fell 18 stories inside the building and then got trapped and he survived. Yeah. I, I, Essentially, I he saw that too. Yeah, he kind of, they called it surfed. Initially, I thought it was, do you remember that doctored photo right <laughs> yeah, after 9-11? Oh, yeah, 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 the guy yeah. super, and we all kind of believed it at first because you're like, wow, this guy was on the, right. on the observation deck and made it all the way down. But somebody was inside the building and came down 18 stories and then got trapped and, and survived and they, they found him. I Amazing. wasn't aware of that story. Amazing. Yeah, so there are also uh, stories about um, the Marriott that I had never heard before. The Marriott that is a you know that was attached to the World Trade Centers and people that were working inside the Marriott. And so this, uh, this special that's on Netflix features some of that. And then also on ABC two nights ago, they had a special about the, the women... Of nine eleven, right? And, and these these heroes. One uh, particular woman that was inside the Pentagon that was that helped people get out of the Pentagon, uh, as well as women that were working inside the Marriott. And uh, the and I'm so surprised because it was it's been 20 years, and I thought I have seen, right, and heard everything, right, right. Yeah. It's amazing what's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to uh, to Shanksville before to the memorial a few times. And uh, out there, they have a they have a, a museum of sorts. It's a memorial and also a museum that's set up. And they uh, they have these <clears throat> uh, handheld phone uh, units that you can pick up and listen to. And they play audio of people on the flight because uh, that was flight ninety three. Oh, so you're, they play the audio? Yeah, the people calling oh, and God. leaving messages for their families and stuff like that. It's I mean because oh. they're really they want you to feel the impact. While yeah. you're there. they want you to really get as it. well. You should. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's uh, it's hard to listen to. I, listen, it seems weird to recommend movies that are depictions of things that happened in real life, but sometimes, especially with that, with Shanksville and Flight 93, um, the movie Flight 93 yeah. adds such... Uh, right, Nick? It's really good. It is, and, and it is so staggering. It is it's hard to say it's good. Like It's not a good thing, right? But, but you're it, right. It's a good depiction of it's it. It's good also, and it's tribute to the passengers. Yeah. You know, for we know what the end result was, but but... I gotta start. Or start tearing up just talking about it. But it is that powerful. It's something if you do have the opportunity to see it, you should. Yeah, and I agree with you, Steve. Like I was a little hesitant to watch the movie World Trade yeah. Center, the Oliver Stone movie. I mean, another brilliant, and movie. it's really well done. And so you think, wow, they're commercializing it, or they're trying to, but but they're not. They are. They're paying tribute to what happened to a lot of the people that day. Flight number uh, Flight number ninety three is really moving. Um, I've told this story many times. I was listening to you guys. At, I was <laughs> listening in the shower at a shower radio. Uh, and uh, Preston, you you said there's a, a plane has flown into the building, and I got out of the shower, and by the time I got to my living room where I was living at the time and turned on the TV, I saw the second plane hit. And it was just, there was so much of that day that was enormously confusing and frustrating, and everybody had to leave Philadelphia because people were afraid to, you know, be in, in high-rises downtown. Yeah, yeah. It was just, a, it, that, and it was, I, the other thing I remember about that day very specifically was, it was a gorgeous day out. Yeah. It was so nice. It was so, so much of the day. Exactly. It was a blue, blue sky. We yep. talk about it all the time, and you can't help but get redundant because it is something, 
you know, and, and every year as we've moved along, Nick, you know, and 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 done the observance. This is the twenty year mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the weekend, you know, officially tomorrow. Uh, but if you if you can take the time, it is it is it is painful, but it's also a study in the human spirit and and the people who you know work to save lives. And and you talk about Preston finding this this gentleman who was trapped and you know he took that eighteen floor. Um, uh, you know, journey down the building, and they found him and rescued him. Um, remind yourself of you get you get the evil of people, but you get so much more in the profound kindness and uh, heroic resolution of people to help other people. There was a there was a story also I hadn't heard the other day. I was I read part of it. I didn't get to read the whole thing, but there was a guy that was uh, that was in one of the towers, survived that, and then he was in the crowd in Las Vegas at yeah. that mass shooting. Yeah. As well, and survive that. It's like, dude, man, what a you don't get you you know to survive one, then to survive two. Yeah. Um. So are, are the files? Yeah, we, we got the clips, clips here. All right. We have uh, air traffic control audio of the struggle aboard flight ninety three. In this first clip, here we go. United ninety three. That traffic view is one o'clock, twelve miles east on three seven zero. Negative contact. We're looking United ninety three. <laughs> They're diving, oh. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Frank. Do you have United 93 south of Shark? We hear some funny noises. We're trying to get him. Do you have him? No. Thank you. United 93, Cleveland. United 1523, did you hear your company? Uh, did you hear uh, some interference on the frequency here uh, a couple minutes ago, screaming? Yes, I did, 797, and uh, we couldn't tell what it was either. Okay. And this was after the, the planes had crashed uh, into the towers, and so they knew something was going on. Yeah. Uh, pretty messed up, man. All right. Then we have another clip of uh, one of the hijackers uh, heard saying that they have a bomb on board. And right. so this is through, uh, this is the cockpit audio yeah, as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cleveland Center, you're unreadable. Say again slowly. All right, so they're trying to, that's the Clarify. tower. Trying yeah. to hear that. Wow. And then there is a um, uh, a cargo plane that uh, witnessed and was communicating with the tower at Reagan Airport uh, about seeing the uh, the airliner crash into the Pentagon. All right, here we go. It's about Washington. Let's go for 06. Go for 06, guys. Yes, aircraft is down. He's in our 12 o'clock Go for eight six, thank you. Just gonna maintain two thousand. Okay, we're down to two thousand. And uh, this is go for zero six. It looks like that aircraft crashed into the Pentagon, sir. Go for eight six. Go for zero six, thank you. Yeah, I remember hearing that when that when that crash happened. We were like the Pentagon. Yeah, it was like whoa, man. Ninety three was ostensibly heading towards the Capitol. Yeah. And just every aspect of it, but you think that cargo plane pilot, you know, he saw it, and now the uh, air traffic controller having to maintain himself yeah. to talk to them after he just said a plane crashed into the Pentagon and probably knew what was going on elsewhere, or, you know, maybe did or maybe didn't, but just 
it's just unbelievable. Well, to Still. Nick's point, there was there was a, a rolling buildup as as everything started to go, and and of course, as these things happen, uh, you know, this mind you, this everyone wasn't rocking their you know their iPhone or whatever, mm. and there no was social this, media, right? So so mm. uh, we had this this flurry of information coming in so much that was inaccurate, but but everyone was hyper focused on all these different stories coming in. And so as they started to course correct and get clarity, it was clear that something was underway in some sort of aerial assault on the country. So that's, you know, at this point, they were aware this was going on. I was working for Pierre at the time, and uh, so I, I didn't know what was going on that day. And But the um, three or four days afterwards, Pierre went up to New York City and uh, grabbed a lot of audio. And one of my jobs when he got back was to produce that audio and put right. together these segments. And Pierre was at the World Trade Center. I mean, he was all over New York, and he did uh, some really compelling stuff. It, it ended up um, just being great radio, and so I'm hoping he plays some of that tomorrow because it was it was in the immediate aftermath, and literally the smoke was still rising from the ashes of the, where, the, where the World Trade Centers were. It just was it was such a harrowing time. To that point, um, we, we actually got a whole bunch of listeners. Everyone felt like they wanted to do something, and we mobilized this this big grazing of, of sorts of toiletries and supplies and so on and so forth. Yeah. And what happened was that as all of it was getting sent up for survivors and medical issues, we got news back that they're not going to use it because they, they're they needed too much. Yeah, it yeah. was yeah, it was too much, and they were not. Not many people survived, you know. So that was that was part of the deal. And when we started to get that news, I mean, you know, yeah. When uh, so Pat Schmidt in our promotions department, he's the one who came up and told us about the first plane uh, that had uh, struck the tower. Right. And you know, we immediately turned the TV on. Uh, we went to commercial. We saw. The plane hit the second tower, and then um, it was sort of second nature for us as a show to go into. Uh, it was like news radio mode. Yes, uh, you know, we, we you know, almost essentially stopped playing music, and we were uh, relaying information to the listeners. And I remember vividly uh, the amount of people that were working in our building. We were Y one hundred Media at the time uh, that were coming up and giving us um, updates. And not all the updates were accurate. And, and at a certain point, I had to run interference for that, you know. And yeah, everyone like, wanted to, everyone wants to jump everybody in and help. To help. Yeah, but you yeah. also had, we were trying to be as as um, committed to being clear. And it, it's weird how many people over the course of these these two decades have come. I know up to you, Preston, and myself and, and uh, us and have said that, that they were listening to us that morning. Um, you talk about, Kathy, about them starting to know. That something was going on. We have audio of um, the um, the fighter uh, jets that uh, uh, get permission now to shoot down vehicles or aircraft that are not responding to their hails. All right, that clip? Yes. Okay. You need to read this. Region commander has declared that we can shoot down tracks that do not respond to our, uh, to our kick. I'll pass out the weapons. Okay. The region, com- the region commander has declared that we can shoot down aircraft that do not respond to our direction. Let's copy that. Copy that. So if you're trying to divert somebody and he won't divert, he's saying no. No? Came over the chat. Fox, you got a conflict on that? You got a conflict on that direction? Right now, no. Okay. 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 You read that from the vice president, right? Vice president has cleared. Vice president has cleared us to intercept tracks. You know what they do? Shoot them down if they do not respond first on RCC. 
vice president. That's when Cheney had taken over. Yeah. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Because there's a movie about that. President Bush ended up being on a, on a plane, and right. uh, they you know they kept flying him around for a long stretch, and so Cheney was in the uh, the war room. Imagine you're uh, you're a fighter pilot, and you have to shoot down a civilian aircraft. Oh. That's got to be insanely difficult. There was, I mean, a... you have to you have to focus on your training and do what you're, you're commanded to do. But that would be unbelievable. And it's not as if there's precedent for miscommunications leading to sure. to bad situations. Right. And so you're 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 in the moment. Uh, there was a, the, the one of the pilots aboard Air Force One at that time. I wrote a book about his experiences and how even within Air Force One, they had a a, a protocol that they. They didn't know who was on the other side of the cockpit door. Had someone, uh, a, right. a double agent, had someone worked their way on board? Right. Was someone trying to gain access? So they, they're they sitting up there. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, we're with the president. We, we certainly know what's going on. But th- the aircraft on the other side of that cockpit door became an unknown. So they're sitting in there in this small cockpit trying to hash out what they do. It's It's an amazing story. Wow. Wow. Um, well, tomorrow morning is the 20th anniversary, and like we said, there's going to be some special programming, and Piero Bear is going to be hosting this observance, and he'll be in at 8 a.m. Uh, the moment of silence will be taking place at the time the attacks began, uh, and we're doing this in honor of those who died that day, and of the friends and families, and the first responders, and all that stuff. So keep in mind, tomorrow morning, this will be taking place uh, on MMR, and this weekend will include... Uh, apparently, the special, we got this note, uh, Nick, that oh, will include the audio from his uh, visit to New York City as cool. well. So he's going to make sure that that's in there. All right, we have to take a break. We're going to do that now. We're going to come back in a moment. Our friend Glenn Howerton will be joining us from It's Always Sunny and AP Bio. We're going to get comedian Dan Cummins on as well. We still got uh, Phil's tickets to give away, and uh, we have the uh, tickets for the Killer Show and more. So we'll be back in a moment. Make sure you stay with us. It's the annual tradition that launches a thousand debates over the alphabet. 93.3 WMMR's Back to School A to Z. We dig deep and we mean into the massive MMR music library and play just about everything we've got in something resembling alphabetical order. It starts with Preston and Steve this Thursday at 6 a.m. and goes until it ends. MMR's Back to School A to Z. From Springfield, Mitsubishi, two locations, Philly and Reading. And the station that's tardy, as usual, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. So our next guest we love talking to is one of the nicest, funniest people we know. Uh, of course, many years with Zoe Sunny in Philadelphia and his show AP Bio, fourth season. It's so good. It's all a beautiful thing. Please welcome... Glenn Goddamn Howerton <laughs> this morning. His new name. Oh, Case, we can't hear him. You should be able to hear him. Right. Is that, uh, Bring it up, oh, Glenn. Hold one second. We're doing this via Zoom, and we can see him, and I saw his lips moving. Oh. There, there he is. Yeah. Okay. Hi, there Glenn. There you go. Yeah, yeah sorry. You got me now? We yeah, got we you. Gotcha. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. How you been? Uh, I've been great, man. I listen. I did. I hear that you guys just got inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame. We that, we did that. We did, sir. We're going to Chicago at the end of October, and uh, the induction ceremonies and everything are going to take place there. It's pretty cool. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Congrats. Thanks. It's one of those things that I I have still uh, yet to process, and it seems like they have made some sort of mistake. But we're going with it, yeah, and, yeah, sure. and we'll certainly accept whatever trophy they give to us, yeah. and then hope no one finds out for a while. 
<laughs> I think that's probably how I would feel if I ever won some sort of award in television. I'd be like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, no, no, no. That's, that's perfect to say that, though, because all of you guys are that way. You're, 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 uh, you're all incredibly talented, but I, I'm always leery of someone who says, well, of course I'm going to win this award because they, <laughs> it's, there's, there's just not something quite right there. I think you should always be a little uncomfortable when something like this happens because it keeps well, you even. I, I think if you'd asked me when I was 24, <laughs> 24 years old, like, oh, really? are you ever going to win an acting award? I'm like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you in it for if you're not, right? You want, you want, to, be, you want to be acknowledged for your capability. Sure. Right, of right. Yeah. Well, he, here you are with um, season four of AP Bio, which is a show that, that I, um, I love. It's on Peacock for people who have been looking for it. And I think of the genesis of the show, uh, Glenn, and th- there seemed a point at which it was not it was over and was not going to continue. And uh, and now it's into the fourth season. And what I love about the show, and I mean this is the highest compliment, is that it reminds me of the show Green Acres in that it was this abstract sort of avant-garde. You, th- reality could be left and then returned to. And yeah. there's so much of this stuff that goes on that you can take liberties with. And I love that style of comedy. Yeah, so do I. Well put. Um, I, I, that's exactly what I love about it, too, is it, it, it dances around with, um, you know, being totally grounded, but also being almost surreal. Yeah. And it's incredibly, it, it goes into the incredibly strange at times <laughs> where, you're, you, where you least expect it. it um, you know, I, mean, I was, I'm always looking for material where, you know, uh, when you follow the normal sitcom trope, you know, you're supposed to take a right, but instead the show takes a left. Right. Um, you know, we try to do that on Sunny, and I think uh, Mike O'Brien, the show's the AP Bio create AP AP Bio's creator, uh, does a really good job of that on AP Bio. I mean, it's 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 such a fun show to work on. I love that when when eccentricities are just accepted. They're just that's <laughs> sure. just it. You know, I mean, these this person's weird, and yeah, that's how they are. It's like not even a yeah. second. I love that type of entertainment. I think sometimes that happens with shows that are on the bubble because you know, there's two ways to go. If your show's a little bit on the bubble, right, and you don't know if it's going to get picked up or not, one way to go is the fear route, where you go, Oh, you know what? I, I got to figure out how to make this more, uh, you know, appeal to more people. Right. Um, you know, and then you can go the it's always sunny route or the AP bio route and go, you know what? I, I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to make a show that I think is like amazing because I could this could go away to any moment. So yeah. I have to like go out swinging. Right. Yeah. Glenn, I want to ask you about working with uh, Patton Oswald because he's one of those people that I find inherently funny, but sometimes his jokes land in my head about five minutes later. Like he's so uh, brilliant, but I don't always get it right away. And then, uh, so what is it like working with somebody like that type of comedic talent? Because it's not like punchline setup joke with with Patton. It's sometimes they're thinkers, you know. Yeah, well, I tell you, it's it's really interesting because he's not one of those comedians that's like on all the time, which can be kind of irritating when comedy actors or or, or comedians just think they have to be funny all mm. the time. He's not like that at all. As, as a matter of fact, you have a very serious, normal conversation with him. It just so happens, though, that he is so smart and so funny that half the things that come out of his mouth are funny. But it's not like he's trying to make you laugh. He's just so funny that, you know, his references and like he he talking to him, it's not totally unlike watching his stand up. <laughs> yeah, his stand up, his stand up persona is who he is in real life in many ways. I mean, it's just him and his, 
you know, his ideas, his thoughts, his point of view, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's like, and I was a huge fan of his before we started doing the show too. So, um, I mean, it's a massive privilege just get to sit and talk with him between scenes. Well, I love the dynamic that, you know, obviously you work with him, but he's also your, your housemate as well. And, uh, I wanted to ask, because this is very cool, we're huge Bruce Campbell fans and, uh, you know, Evil Dead fans. We've had him on the show a number of times. He is playing your father, essentially. He is playing uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Griffin, correct? In yeah. this season? Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, yeah. I, I know you're, in, are you not? I think you're an Evil Dead fan as well, are you not? Oh, my God. Like, such, such a big Evil Dead fan. Like, I uh, I have a very distinct memory of going over to a friend's house when I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade. And he popped on. He was like, we got to watch this movie, Evil Dead 2. And I was like, well, I haven't, said, I haven't seen Evil Dead 1. So, like, I'm going to be lost, right? And he's like, no. no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Evil Dead 2 is it's essentially a remake of yeah. Evil Dead 1 with a bigger budget. Yes, right? yeah. exactly. That's exactly right. Um, you know, he didn't put it to me that way at the time, but uh, <laughs> but because uh, I, I don't know if he knew that. But um, but I, I was so blown away by that movie by almost every. It was like the Three Stooges meets horror, and I'd never seen anything like it. And uh, so Bruce Campbell from that day on had been a hero of mine. So getting to work with him was like absolutely incredible, man. It was such a childhood dream, dream you, come true. So, so obviously you have your, your share of uh, you yourself and your crew, and uh, you're creating pop culture, um, you know, uh, legend, so to speak. Do you, as you start to encounter these people, do you have to throw the brakes on and slow your roll a bit? to stop you from geeking out and fanboying out when you do encounter somebody like this? Um, you know, I, I'm going to have to say, because I've been in the business for uh, almost 20 years, um, I don't geek out as much as I think I probably used to. I mean, certainly, I, you know, I think I would geek out more if I met certain musicians. Like oh. you guys were playing Dark Side of the Moon earlier, and Pink Floyd's my favorite band of all time. So if I met you know, Roger Waters or David Gilmore, or yeah, I, I would, I would lose my mind. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't be able to speak. I would, you know, but like actors and stuff, I don't know. It doesn't really throw me anymore. Now that, I, I, I guess that, that makes sense. I mean, you're, you're, you're working in that realm. You have Joe, is it, I can, uh, Joe Maggie Maggie what's yeah, his I name? Mangianello. Mangianello. <laughs> I hate Mangi- that. But the, the dude is actually, he's joining, he's, he's playing, I, I believe a character this season, Malachi, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. All right. So a lot of people don't know this. I'm glad you're taking advantage of it. The guy is actually very funny. I uh, yeah. he was in that Netflix Pee Wee Herman movie, <laughs> and yeah. I'm I'm like this. What is this slab of meat doing in this thing? <laughs> and he's very funny. He's very funny and very self knowing. So uh, so yes. what is his character? Is he a foil to you? Um, he is a little bit of a foil to me. He is someone who has a very close relationship with the girl that I'm dating. So Uh we're put in a very awkward situation where we end up, I end up as a third wheel on, uh, uh, it's not a date between the two of them because she and I are together. Yet somehow I end up being the third (laughs) wheel instead of him. Oh yeah, I love that. Um, I love that. But no, I love Joe. I mean, Joe and I worked together on uh, a movie called Arch Enemy, and uh, and became just became friends after that. And uh, I just adore him. He's so he's so so so. Th- he has no business being that good looking and that smart. It, it's actually uh, infuriating. It's upsetting. It's upsetting because <laughs> he's super super buff, super ripped, super handsome, but also like 
a total geek and a yeah. nerd and loves Dungeons and Dragons. Like he's super into Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if you guys know this. He's like a huge Dungeons and Dragons guy. Man. Wow. Hey, Wild. speaking of that, we're, we're looking at, uh, we're doing this via Zoom. We can see behind you. It looks like, a, speaking of geeky stuff, you collect some things. You see on the uh, the shelves back there, I see some cameras. Uh, what else? What are, what are types of things that you like to, to collect and hang on to? Well, let's see. I got a. Uh, that's a. That's a, t- a, t- a tissue holder. Oh, okay. <laughs> so wow. you're, a, you're a fan of, of tissues. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that like Pier One Imports or like yeah, a wicker thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, like Pier One Imports. Yeah. Like that. So this and this essentially keeps your tissues from being loose about the house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's what it used to be, right? Before we had this room, there were just tissues all over the yeah. place. Right. Yeah. 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 That, that's what we fought for. Disaster. We knew you were oh, interesting. <laughs> I got a I got a candle back here. I got a Ziggy Stardust uh, album and a record player, which is probably a little too dark to see back there. But yeah, there's a record player right there. So, so you you, you, you talk about your music. Uh, are, are you uh, are you a collector? Are you a vinyl snob? Not a vinyl snob. No, yeah. but I I do have a lot of things on vinyl. Um, certainly, like my. I try to get all of my favorite albums, and as you guys put it, like the, there are certain albums that are like headphone albums, right. Um, and I try to get those albums all on vinyl. Um, you know, I gotta be honest. I don't always like, cause I've, I have a, I have a, this room actually is like kind of a soundproof room. I listen to music in this room and I've got speakers. It's kind of a surround sound kind of a situation. And I specifically put on like dark side of the moon, the, (laughs) the, the new one that they released Yeah, and the Spotify version and the, uh, the, the LP and I can tell a difference. (laughs) And I, I agree. And I think sometimes there's, there's sort of a, um, a a need to justify (laughs) the purchasing of certain equipment. Uh, I, I, I am not, my ears aren't that attuned where I can pick it out. Sometimes though, I've heard, in the remastering process, a lot of times I think they'll they'll maybe ruin you know they'll 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 over they'll raise volumes and things like that. So I can pick that stuff out. But what was the first album? Was it a Pink Floyd album? In fact, that first set you off in your adoration of you know music and and, and really sitting down and absorbing it. Oh oh yeah, uh, hmm. God, that's a good question. Because there's um, always that. Yeah, yeah no yes yeah. Abso- it actually absolutely was. It was. Um, I remember Pink Floyd was coming into, they were coming in, they were going to be in concert in Atlanta in 1994. I was a senior in high school and, uh, and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) I've heard of that band. And so, but I was like, you know, and we like camped out for tickets. And then I was like, well, I should listen to some of their stuff. And I just kind of went on this journey and I was like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think the first thing I got was Dark Side of the Moon, right? So I was like, oh my God. Got, and then I was like, all right, let me start at the beginning. So I got Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and I was like, well, what is this? Right? Yeah, yeah. A totally different band. Yep. Um, like, you know, and then I just went on the whole journey, and it was really when I got to um, The Wall mm-hmm. uh, where I had this, like, just, like, sonic orgasm. I yeah. Like, That's, like, the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life, and I was just obsessed with it, listened to it over and over and over again. Uh, Glenn, uh, you know, I know we're, we're chatting about AP Bio, but I do want to ask you about your sunny brethren. And uh, if you're, uh, I, I follow all you guys on Instagram and, and I enjoy the interactions, but I'm wondering if you're tired of Rob talking about Wrexham yet. Because <laughs> the stuff that he's bringing with you guys. On, and you're filming. You're, 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 uh, you guys are working on Sunny right now, right? We are. We're, uh, yeah, we're filming season 15 right now. Yeah. Wow. Well, you did a you did a promotional video where they're, where they're, where they're panning around the room and you're like, Am I talking about what this is again? This for? 
let's let's yeah, let's he, we might as well ask are you a soccer fan yeah okay actually, i totally am um i you know i mean i i obviously i'm not so such a soccer fan that i'm watching fifth tier uh english soccer um so you know i wasn't familiar <laughs> i wasn't familiar with wrexham until uh rob decided to buy a soccer team which is insane yeah um but uh, but no, I am a soccer fan. I, my son, my older son, uh, who's ten, uh, or he's about to turn ten, he is a massive soccer fan. I mean, he's that guy that like you know when you were a kid. Like I remember when I was a kid, and there were kids who had like baseball cards and knew like every baseball player's stats or whatever. Right. Um, my nine year old son is like that about soccer, um, and is also a, 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 a crazy soccer player um wants to be a professional soccer player i mean we'll see what happens but i mean it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> that's the encouragement you want <laughs> let's be honest on, yes all yeah, right i'm not seeing this son it just doesn't seem to uh, but no it, it's it's funny we talked about this for years over the course of a sport where you saw every mom driving the the kids to go to soccer practice why it wasn't getting a hold in the states I think that's changed because of a couple things, not the least of which might at this point be Ted Lasso and and other you know things that are just making people interested in the sport and, and the culture. And yeah, Rob and Ryan and are, are both doing that. Yeah, by yeah. owning this team, absolutely. As well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's it's a fascinating culture. Well, he, and Rob was really stoked about trying to get Wrexham to come here and play the Philadelphia Union, and we he, we were the ones who announced it, and he. <laughs> He went ahead and, and made the announcement because uh, Nick and he have been had been coordinating for months <laughs> over this thing, and he just it was running into red tape, and he's just like, just go ahead and break the news now, and we'll do it, and maybe it'll make it happen. It didn't happen. So disappointing. Uh, and we were hoping that. Yeah, I, do you know if that. you would have made it out for that? I was going to come out for that. Yeah, <sighs> son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, Rob was kind of doing that like um, Elizabeth Holmes uh, Theranos <laughs> thing. Just like, is that what that was? <laughs> yeah, it was like I was like I'm gonna say that it's happening, and then maybe it will happen, right. and then everyone's like well, that's not gonna happen, man. It's like <laughs> there's a huge COVID breakout right now. Right. No, I feel bad, man. That 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 sucks because I was actually really excited to come to Philly again and see that game. You know, uh, you raise a good point because Rob started to adopt the Steve Jobs sort of turtleneck. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, we, yeah, so it was all there. We should have seen the signs, but uh, well, yeah, all, well, he, all he eats is fruit now. You know, he's <laughs> talking about well, why do gorillas get so strong in the wild? All they eat is fruit. You know, and I'm like, come on, man. You <laughs> Um, speaking of your other uh, uh, your, your other co-stars there, Charlie Day's film El Tonto uh, is yeah. that so? Uh, is that simply a case of it's sitting and waiting for a release, or is it completed? Uh, no, actually, uh, it, it's weird. He so there are things that he wants to. I think there are some things he wants to reshoot. Okay, um, there's some some things that he had to like redo in the edit, and so he's making changes to the film. And that's why it hasn't been released yet. But um, I know he's got distributors sniffing it, so it'll it'll be out sooner rather than later. But uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's an independent film, so he's been looking for the money to to do these reshoots, and then I think he'll and then it'll okay. come out. Because you're in it, the cast is. I, I think, I love it. Yeah. I, oh, I, really? Right. Yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. Because you're in, and the cast is pretty amazing. All the people that are associated with it. So yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's a, the cast is unbelievable. How about Charlie becoming like the movie star of mm. of the cast? You guys are all <laughs> successful in your own realm, but movies has kind of been his yeah. direction. Yeah, that son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, well, you've done your share. You've done. You've ended up in a lot of action films or a lot of more more you know straight ahead 
um, you know, uh, yeah. you, you're, you, you have a wide variety, but, uh, you know, it's, it, listen, there, no one can complain of not having a successful career. You guys are all firing, you know, on all cylinders. Uh, no, absolutely. No, I, I know. I'm very happy for that. Look, Tra- Charlie's one of the most talented people I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, he's so, so smart, so funny. Um, you know, so when, when he kind of broke out and started doing movies, I was like, yeah, that that seemed like the most obvious choice to me. I mean, he, he he's always really stood out on the show from the very beginning, I think. Hey, uh, we saw that it was uh, your anniversary this week, your wedding anniversary. Uh, yeah. How long have how long you and your, your wife been married? Uh, been married for 12 years. Uh-huh. Anything special? Is anniversary a big deal for you? My wife and I do very low-key stuff. I don't know what your... Uh, what your take? It depends. It It depends. I mean, some year it's pretty like this year was pretty low key. We were just down in, she's from San Diego. So we were down in San Diego, uh, with all of her friends and, you know, we did a couple dinners and things like that. But, uh, like a couple years ago on our 10th, we went down to Hawaii and had this amazing Hawaiian vacation that was incredible with some friends of ours. And, uh, except for there was one night where we were, uh, we took a sunset cruise Uh and, uh, it was a wee bit bumpy. Are we talking Dramamine? Uh, oh, no, I didn't take any Dramamine. No, neither did my wife. And uh, by about an hour in, no, uh, 45 min- minutes into the two-hour sunset cruise, I was puking off the back. <laughs> Wait. No. Glenn, I, did, I think I did the same thing. And there was a, we, my cousin was calling it um, Puker's Row. They send everybody who is puking to the back of the boat. So you throw off. Uh, throw up off of the boat, and they they tell you to look at the horizon. But right. I mean, <laughs> you, if you, you know what I mean. Like once you hit that point where you're gonna, where you're gonna, it's over. It's dude. over. Yeah. It's over. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, you know, my wife made it about an hour and fifteen minutes, so she puked a bunch of stuff out, and then and then there was you you, you have that period of relief after you puke a bunch. You know, before it comes on again, and yes. she had just enough time to like puke it out, and then the ride was over. Whereas, like, I got mine in early enough <laughs> where I had to, I had a second round, and uh, the, the the best part of that that though was uh, there was a fan of the show. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, on the cruise, and she and I didn't know I, I didn't know this because she didn't introduce herself. But she took a picture of Jill and I standing on the back of the boat. It's a beautiful picture of oh us God. looking off because we're both trying to look at the horizon so we don't puke. And there's the sunset happening. It's this gorgeous photo. And she she like flagged Jill down at the end of the boat ride, and she was like, "Hey, I didn't want to say anything, but like you guys were standing, and I took this picture, and and so there's this beautiful picture of us, and it, and it it's from our tenth anniversary, and it looks gorgeous, and it's, and, uh, it's just funny that the story behind it is that I love that's hilarious. Yeah. Instead of this beautiful romantic yeah. longing out of this gorgeous, you're just trying to keep from getting sick. It's like Casey has this picture of his kids, and it's oh. really beautiful from the back. What we didn't realize is right before the picture is taken he's just saying there just stand still and take the goddamn picture <laughs> yeah. and i'll let you go about your way well the real funny thing about that glenn is uh, it, uh right. so if you look here uh, i actually tattoo. had that picture turn into a tattoo uh that my kids <laughs> it's a sunset picture and you know it's really nice their arms are around each other it's all peaceful sunsetting in the background but re- in reality i was like shut up just come on i'm gonna kill you <laughs> yeah, seriously, with kids, like, they'll be facing the camera, and you're like, all right, ready? We're going to take a picture, and then one will look that way. You're like, no, wait. And then the other one looks that way, and the other one looks like that, and you're like, 
you, can you just look forward at the same time you're like yelling at them? That's like funny. Individually, my, my kids, <laughs> this is a bad, like, whenever I rant or like whenever I get really upset, my kids think it's hilarious. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I, they just think it's so, it's like, it's almost like my character on Sunny whenever he rants. <laughs> like, now I don't know how to get mad and have it not be funny. Right. So, like, my, so, like, luckily when I do that, like, my kid, I actually get these great pictures out of my kids because they start laughing. And then oh, I'm like, all right. right. And I'm yelling at them and taking pictures while they're laughing. And it's Dude, they need to start calling you Dennis in that moment <laughs> when you're doing that. <laughs> just put you over the edge. Well, to, yeah, the, to that, sure. that yeah. point, and I, I've said this on the air countless times, especially throughout the past 17, 18 you know, months, I end up watching the Sunny bloopers constantly. I mean, all the time, the outtakes. And I wanted to ask you, sometimes people ask me on the show what my job is. And I said, my job is to make Preston laugh during the show, is, is yeah. to do that. So of of between Rob and, and, and Charlie, I, I love watching you make Charlie laugh because I, I can see Charlie start to <laughs> start to lose it. And there are a number of great scenes, especially when you're talking about a, a rape scenario in front of a cop, you're being interrogated. And and do you get it between Rob and Charlie, who brings you the most joy to crack up? Oh man. Um between Rob and Charlie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It, there is something very satisfying about making Charlie laugh. I don't know what it is. No, but it's no, but Rob too. I mean, I, I think he's a. He, he, both of those guys break a yeah, lot. By yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there's tons of footage. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's even more. Like I, we. Um, it is as you said. I mean, that is my primary focus when I'm in a scene is I am trying to make them laugh. Like that's my whole because I because I've just come to learn that if I can if I'm making if they're laughing if I'm what I'm doing is making them laugh right. making them break then I know that what I'm doing is going to be good for the show. So it's right. like it on my barometer. There's a sequence I, I must watch. I watch it every week where you're you're pulling stuff out of the trunk of the car. And it's it's your 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 you go my my fetish crap my you know this is stuff like twist ties and things that are everything you're pulling out is revealing what a kinky bastard you are and and everyone is losing it it's just golden what was the longest time taken to get a scene right because you could not stop laughing it it was that scene, that scene. Uh, and by the way i want to clarify uh we were talking about we were talking about us getting raped so uh, <laughs> yes right? no 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 there was no yes yes that was the joke i should and have we clarified were, and we were and we were lying about it yeah. so that, i just give some context right like, right yeah in general is, is right. it's not funny. it's not a funny topic uh, no no we were trying to get away with uh, getting a sketch artist to do a sketch of a bad of a bad guy um and we had to lie and say you know and a cop came in and, and he had to tell, uh, like you can't just get a we were like, well, we were raped. Um, and that scene, uh, which is, yeah, in the bloopers of, uh, I don't remember what season, God, season seven, I think season seven. Um, I think you're right, yeah. That was, yeah, something like that. But uh, it's uh, that scene was almost impossible to get through, and we almost didn't get through it. I mean, honestly, like, and it was on a Friday night, too, so the crew mm-hmm. was like, we just want to go home, guys. Right. You're not that funny. Yeah. You're not that funny. And that made it even funny. Like, the fact that it was irritating everybody, was then all of a sudden it just got funnier. Well, you, you kept saying you could hear them laughing through the wall in the bit, and they, 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 they wouldn't stop. Well, that was, that was mostly wrong. <laughs> uh, there was a scene, and I believe it was the last season, that I, I don't know how long it took to film this scene, but it was with Danny DeVito and Frank. I can't remember exactly what got him all like hyped up 
but he was back in the apartment and he was freaking out and he was like he kept like like burping he was like urgh, urgh, urgh. <laughs> and the, the there are so many absurdities that are in this show but at one point uh he's you know they're they're offering here, here drink this beer and then, <laughs> and then Charlie's like here do you need some cat food <laughs> And and it was like that was like normal, right? Like you you know, somebody hyperventilating, here is a here's a, a paper bag to breathe into. No, here is some cat food. And like that one to me just gets me every single time. <laughs> yeah, for these guys, like that's how you calm down. Right? Yeah, yeah, cat food. Of course. That's yeah, so... it's 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 almost like a cat food becomes an antidote to the sound of cats yeah. in their apartment. <laughs> well I don't know how that, I mean, your yeah, line I, I when check the science on that, by the way, guys. <laughs> right. Check the science. <laughs> when Charlie's talking about eating cat food, and he asks, "Well, why? Why shouldn't I eat it?" And you're, you're it's, it's in the blooper reel as well. Well, you're, you're not a cat, right? <laughs> it's not a cat. Uh, it's, it's great. I wanted to ask you again another, just a quick question about AP Bio because I've noticed this over the seasons. There, there is a look to the show and a, and a color coordination, and it, I don't know if people are catching on to it, but it's subtle. But I think. There is a general look and color palette that runs through the show. Am I am I hallucinating, or is that an intentional thing? No, that is, you know it was very intentional. Uh, uh, it was an established thing at the beginning of the show. I wasn't part of those conversations, so I'm not exactly sure how they landed on uh, that look. Uh, and it was actually pretty extreme in season one. We dialed it back a little bit. It was, yeah, yeah. It was. It, it was almost like. It was almost a little too blown out. Um, I mean, it's it's fine, and I, I it, it totally works, but we dialed it back a little bit in two and three. And then, actually, I noticed, and this is weird, but in season four, it's not there. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, just I don't, I don't it out. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, uh, Glenn's got a lot going on. Obviously, the AP bio, like we said, streaming now on uh, Peacock, and they're currently filming It's Always Sunny 15th season. It's amazing. Wow. So we appreciate you giving the, the time to uh, to get in touch with us, Glenn. we got to wrap. But, uh, man, it is always great to catch up with you, and we, we thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, same, man. Love talking to you guys. I appreciate it. Excellent. Take care, brother. We'll see you soon. Glenn yeah. Hamilton, guys. He is the best. He's great. The best. Uh, and guess what? We're going right into another great No, you're yes. kidding me. Going to be at Punchline tonight, tomorrow as well. And uh, tomorrow's 7.30 show is sold out, by the way. I yeah, that so, crap. Uh, but there's a show at 7.30 and 9.45 tonight, and then tomorrow at 9.45. So you want to get those tickets at punchlinephilly.com. Dan Cummins. Hey, hey. hey Dan. Hello. How are Thanks you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Excellent. We're doing well. You're in Philly now, I guess, right? Yeah, I'm in Philly. I'm in Philly now. I'm in the in the hotel room now. Down from the down the street from the club. Yeah, yeah has that hotel look behind straight you? Straight from the tub. <laughs> <laughs> down the street from the club. No, I'm not. Oh, the club. I saw you said you said straight from the tub. <laughs> what? A little early morning bath today. <laughs> you know the Dan Cummins legend. He he's never met a bathtub he didn't love. Uh, <laughs> How would that be for some yeah some pre show just like ritual? I just I just I get into the hotel, I go straight to the bathtub, and I just wait there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Uh, Do you call down to the front desk for some bath beads and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I just soak. I just, just gotta soak just and get soak. ready. Yeah, are you? Are, well, I might as well ask because you know it, it, it. This is the lifestyle, and you're back into it. I assume you're touring yeah. a bit more now. Uh, are you good rolling with the, the hotel life and luggage and all that crap, or is it a persistent nightmare? You know, I, I'm good. It's funny. I took like a year and a half off. I didn't, uh, you know, March 2020, I just stopped completely when things shut down, and then I didn't go back out until 
four weeks ago, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. Didn't, wow. didn't go into football, didn't do any sets at all. Just kind of put everything on pause. And I was and I was getting a little burnout on, you know, you can get annoyed by, I take things for granted, get annoyed by whatever you're doing for a while. And, and after the, that break, um, I'm, I'm less annoyed. I, I don't mind. I'm pretty built for, I think, uh, little breaks away. You know, like, um, we, we got it set up pretty good where I have uh, – my kids are they're with my ex, you know, one week and then with my wife and I the other week. And so we tour on the weeks that they're not with us. Um, sometimes she comes with me. Sometimes we, we love having a little little break. And uh, I like my my alone time. OK. Hey, so, you know, you've been you've been at it for, in the business for a while. And when yeah. you when you take a lengthy break like that, uh, did a little bit of maybe the early day, you know, butterflies in the stomach resurface and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I, I was. uh <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, busy with podcasting and we're lucky we were able to make a living podcasting. And I, and I think I, I tried to convince myself, I just didn't like stand up anymore. And, uh, cause I think I was so afraid of just being so terrible coming back that there were, there was a couple of days where I'm like, maybe I should just quit. Maybe I should just stop now Had a good run. Um, and then that first show back, I was convinced that it was just going to be crickets and going to be a nightmare. But, um, but luckily, luckily it worked out. You know, it was so weird prepping, getting back into it. I just went to YouTube and pulled up old bits. <laughs> but, <laughs> really? It's like a band learning the songs again before they go out on yeah. tour. That's yeah, why. I just, I just paced around an office and like like I was preparing for a play. And, uh, you know, I just written my lines a, a, a while back. And then luckily I recorded some of my last sets before things stopped down. And I had, I don't know, 30 minutes of new or whatever. And, yeah, and just it treated it very differently than the past. It was like, yeah, rehearsing for a play and then. Luckily that luckily that worked okay, and then after I don't know maybe eight or nine shows, I was back to where I was. Oh, that's great. I mean, the, the, and the people who have and the, the comedians we talked to who have had the the podcasting and other things that they've been involved with, they they seem yeah. to, to weather the storm a little bit better because they were engaged. Uh, how close did you get to giving up stand up? Because your, your podcasting life is is doing quite well, as you say, you're making a living. Uh, was yeah. it was it that inviting a possibility for you? Well, I, you know. It's just nice where you don't have to travel for that, and it, and it was you know kind of exciting. I, I guess the new thing is exciting, and I and I do a couple, and one of them is pretty comedic, and, uh, and and so I feel like I kind of got that energy out through this "Is We Dumb" podcast we do. Is We Dumb is the name of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's just a goofball, goofball, and it's a lot of fun. You know, just joking around about what, and uh, I I really did consider it. I, I it's so different now. Where now I'm touring, but I'm more selective and not doing as many nights and places because uh, you know we have a ad contract and it's it's like i gave myself a day job and you know i'll get financially punished if i don't release the episodes right uh, at a frequency let me ask you about that so so with it because we've we've gone and 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 we've we've been podcasting the show since yeah. we got here in 2005 yeah. and the the idea is we put up really basically the entire show hours of content every day uh yeah. and, and so we were kind of first to the some of the first to the dance. Now, when you're yeah. coming up on 900,000 unique separate shows available, is there any methodology or or approach to making your what you're offering rise to the top, or is it just a luck of the draw scenario? You know, I, I tried when I when I came up with the concept for Time Suck, the first one. I, got, I, I did think like you know it would have been fun to do a more banter based podcast you know just joking around with my friends but at that time the market had so many of those that yeah. were already doing so well that i just didn't think that i'd be able to cut through all that noise i like i got to the party too late for that 
And so I, I did think like, okay, you got to bring something different and you got to make something, you know, like a, a different twist on that. So, and, and then, and then that, you know, led into the next one scared to death. I love horror, but also I thought like, okay, that market's not flooded. Like I love telling horror stories. There's not that many people doing it. A lot of the people don't have a storytelling background. So I felt like, okay, maybe there's a chance there. So it definitely was strategic. And then is we dumb is probably the one, if I would have started five years ago, or I mean, you know, five years earlier, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, well, I would have launched that one first, but I felt like I had to build a little bit of an audience before doing that one. So it, yeah, we, we definitely strategized. It's an interesting thing because you you are looking for it, it. Nothing has changed. You're looking for that high concept, whether it be a movie or something that is going to yeah. be the the hook. Uh, yep. It's just I I think you know it's what what other what other aspect of entertainment or subsect of entertainment has that much consistent competition? I mean, there's never 900,000 other movies opening or, you know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so that makes it such an, now mind you, a lot of those are, you know, uh, how to install a picket fence and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not exactly in your realm, but it is, it's a unique thing. And, for as many times as we've, you know, been asked to listen to experts and so on and so forth, or, or speak, sure. or go to conventions, there, there are. I laugh when I hear of experts because there really are no, there are no hard and fast rules yet, are there? No, I mean, all the advice I got initially. It's funny when when I launched Time Suck, that one initially I was supposed to go through. I think it's a dead network now, but CBS. Uh, the big television network had their Play It podcast network, right? And they ran it. And they ran it like a, you know, like a big corporation, like a Viacom or whatever. And the I made a pilot and it went through like a focus group and all that kind of stuff. And all the advice they came back with, I'm sure based on metrics from other shows, was keep it about a half an hour in length. Um, don't make the topics too weird. Uh, it was a little bit too dark. Basically, all the things I was doing was like, nope, that can't work. That can't work. That right. can't work. Yeah. And they had, and they had no interest. And they just um, they just said like, sorry, we we actually don't want to do this anymore with you. <laughs> and so then I just launched in my own way. The only advice I kept from them was, okay, I'll keep it short. People got a lot of things going on, and that was the one consistent complaint I had in the beginning. Make them longer. Make them longer. <laughs> damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, well, we've said actually, and, it, and it's just an interesting thing because this is, you know, this is such a prominent thing. And look at like, you know, you know Rogan's contract and all yeah. that's incredible money. But um, a lot of the the advice that we were asked to give is is to actually make these shows more like our terrestrial radio show to have a layout, to have a progression, to have ah. forward momentum, to have, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And it's funny in, in the early years when we get comedians on who had just started podcasts, it'd be such a laconic, right. they'd bring, they'd come in with that kind of podcast delivery and we're like, we're a morning show. Right. <laughs> we, right. We've got to move a little bit more, you know, not that we're crazy yeah. and, and bouncing off the walls, but these, there are these pentameter issues that people don't take into consideration. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You just got to find, you know, your audience. And that's, I, I tell people that a lot about, like, comedy in general, too. It's like, you know, advice. You know, you'll get newer comics being like, hey, you know, um, I want to get out there touring. Can you help me, you know, with advice? I'm like, not really. Yeah. You know, it's so different for everybody. And even, like, brainstorming with your um, your act. Like, hey, can you help me with this joke? I'm like, no. What cause what I would do is I would end up taking your premise and making it, like, my joke. Because that's yes. all I know how to do. Yes. I, I, 
I just know how to do stuff that's right for my podcast and right for my jokes. Mm. And you're kind of on your own. You got to find what resonates with people who like you. It's yeah, it's a it's wild west. Well, speaking of of your comedy, uh, Dan, your show at Punchline was the last comedy show that I actually went and saw in person. <laughs> you know, prior to the the pandemic. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and Pat House opened for you, and so yeah. I wasn't sure okay. if Pat was open for you again or not. Uh, no, it's going to be Pat just opened for me uh, in Portland, Oregon two weeks ago. I've been working with Pat again. And then uh, there's kind of like three or four people who rotate around. And it's Doug Mellard, an old buddy of mine uh, who's down in Texas right now. He's uh, he's opening the shows. Oh, nice. And so you guys are sold out for your first show tonight. And then um, uh, so you got two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow night as well. Yeah, two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. Hey, yeah. what, I, yeah. I know normally uh, you would meet with people after your shows and stuff like that. Right. How how does that work now? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing the meet and greets for a while. Um, part of that, I mean, was, well, one part of it was I didn't want to put uh, the staff, because I can't do it by myself if there's like, you know, uh, selling T-shirts and taking pictures, that kind of right. stuff. And I know everybody has a different level of comfort with what's going on right now. So I didn't want to, you know... Uh, not knowing venue to venue, how people feel about everything. I didn't want to endanger or make somebody uncomfortable. And then, and then also part of it was just getting back into it. You know, I'm lucky where, uh, with long or, you know, more people coming to the shows, the meet and greets were becoming so long in some places that they would last until I had to go on stage the next show. Cause I was going to do are, everybody. Are you still doing the kissing booth at the end of the day? <laughs> oh <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> well, you know what it's, it's Look at his face. Like, what? You, what? You, you should do that. I mean, it's, it's a game. You, you got to have some, some menu options. Sure. You know. Is that way there's no saliva? There's no saliva. All right. Okay. Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. From what I understand, if you skin to skin, and it's safer. Uh, <laughs> I think that works. So don't ask him to spit on his hand. That's all we're exactly. saying. Exactly. Uh, with that, we got to wrap gotta up. <laughs> it's not because we did. We talked about that. It's an interest of time. <laughs> Dan, we love you. Uh, enjoy your time at Punchline, and it's always great to have you in Philly, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> it's, great. Oh, it's great to see you guys. All right, we'll see you later. Dan Cummins, guys. Uh, he is at Punchline. You can get your tickets now. PunchlinePhilly.com. Wow. All right, we need to take a break, and as we do that real quick, um, yeah, I'll come back and mention uh, the, the next stop on the uh, Cooling Caravan presented by T-Mobile and also our friends at Duncan, but I want to give away this last pair of tickets I have for the Killers. Wednesday, September 22nd, an intimate show at Franklin Music Hall. We'll take the 18th caller. Keep in mind, you do need to, both people, be fully vaccinated, 14 days uh, post uh, final dose and test negative for COVID-19 within 72 hours of the show and mask wearing will be required throughout the venue. So keep that in mind as you call in and call number 18-215-263. WMMR tickets for this show go on sale in 15 minutes. Ooh, 15 minutes? MMR VIPs that are opting in for the VIP emails have an extra chance to win before they go on sale. Visit WMMR.com. Uh, that deadline was at 9 a.m., so never right. mind about right. that part. But let's reflect on it. But we'll take a break and be right back. <laughs> Stay with us. The MMRV is coming to your neighborhood. Join Marissa Magnata Sunday from 1230 to 430 for a watch party at Sports and Social inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia, your game day headquarters. Win MMRBQ tickets, sports and social gift cards, and more. Hey, the cooling caravan is on the move, and I do want to mention it's courtesy of T-Mobile, by the way. I want to mention the second stop. It's DFT Incorporated in Exton. 
And we got this email from Linda Beal, and she said a check and control valve manufacturer located in Exton. They're so excited that MMR's President Steve chose our company to participate in the cooling caravan. When COVID struck last year because DFT is categorized as an essential business, we had to keep our doors open to make sure that our customers could continue to supply America with life-sustaining products. Even though you won't find our valves in your homes, they do support the industries that bring you oil and gas, electricity, food and beverages, pharmaceuticals, and last but not least, paper products. Uh, With our loyal and dedicated employees, we would not have been able to keep the supply chain going, and they showed up every day wearing masks, keeping their distance, so that we could keep a healthy and safe workplace. You can't manufacture valves remotely. Even though we were fortunate to be able to stay open, our business fell short of what we enjoyed in the past. Uh, When things got tough to keep everyone employed, all of our employees took a pay cut. Uh, Just recently, we were informed uh, that the government approved forgiveness of our PPP loan. Uh, In gratitude for the sacrifices, loyalty, and dedication, all of our employees made the company and each other with cash on hand, the company that was able to make everyone whole. So our employees deserve the very best, and that's Dunkin' Coffee. Ah! So, Linda, we are very, very happy to send the cooling caravan to your location at DFT Incorporated in Exton, and it, Exton, and it is uh, possible because of our friends at T-Mobile. So enjoy it's great, man. the cooling caravan. It's another good one. Today, dear friends, absolutely. We are happy to do that. We'll have one more stop that we'll mention uh, before the show is up. And another thing I want to mention, Casey pointed this out to me, uh, how quickly... The Camp Out for Hunger will be here yeah. because it's much earlier this year. We're doing it on November 1st. And just a reminder of that, where normally you're prepared to stop in towards the end of November. It's going to be towards the beginning of November this year. The day after Halloween. Yeah, so November 1st to the 5th. And we're still working on what it's going to look like this year with uh, COVID rearing its ugly head. We'll have to see uh, how things pan out between now and then and what exactly it will be looking like. But we do know it'll be at... Uh, Inside the, no, wait, it says Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. So we're going to be near Xfinity Live. Again, same location. You know where we are. Same general area. So uh, your donations, of course, helping out fill abundance. And we just want you to give a heads up that if you normally do your food drives or your donation, uh, you know, suggestions for your company, then keep that in mind that it's earlier this year, November 1st to the 5th. And, of course, Acme's going to be on board and all those great things that happen every single year. So that's going to be happening really, really soon. Yes, before you know it. Yep. Yeah, and you know what I was thinking about yesterday was, uh, all right, so in... Tacos? Just, uh, yes. Tacos. But not that. Oh. Uh, in, uh, in like, a little over two weeks, we're going to have the MMRBQ. And there's a special section at the MMRBQ for President Steve's Coolest Teachers. Yes. Oh, wow. I want a coolest teacher challenge for all the high schools that uh, you know to contribute to the camp out for hunger. I want a okay. com- I want a little competition within all of the coolest teachers to see whose school can actually uh, garner the most food. I, I'm behind that. That's yeah. cool. So maybe that'll happen. Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see. Just, I'm, I just spoke it into existence. <laughs> 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 we and we were all here as witnesses, no, and I actually heard it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do the bizarre file. Here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. Brought to you by Rita's Water Ice. You can stock up and win ice at Rita's. Visit your local Rita's Water Ice before September 26th for your chance to win free. 
Redis for the 2022 season, and a pair of diamond stud earrings from family and company jewelers in Marlton, New Jersey. All right, where do we begin in the bizarre file? How about this one in uh, Minneapolis? Or actually, no, this is in Minnesota, Minnesota. somewhere in Minnesota. Uh, oh, it was in Minneapolis. Here Minneapolis. The Brooklyn Park Police Department reports 17 vehicles were stolen from a car dealership. That's a huge amount of cars to be stolen in one shot. Chunk of their inventory. As of Wednesday, 14 of the stolen vehicles had been recovered. Now, according to police, on August 30th, a missing vehicles report was filed. The Minneapolis police had contacted them saying that they had made an arrest of an individual who was in one of the dealership's vehicles and had numerous other key fobs in their possession. Mm-hmm. That's when the dealership realized they were missing 17 vehicles from over the weekend. <laughs> Where did those 17 cars go? And an investigation revealed that the dealership moved many new vehicles in their service garage for the weekend due to expectant inclement weather, and the keys for the vehicles were left in each of the vehicles. Uh-huh. So all you had to do is get in and go. You don't, you know, you don't even need to <laughs> stick the key in and turn it. The How many? Random. Was it one person? It had to be more than one person, I think right? It was. It might have been two people, but that was it. So during the early morning hours of August 29th, surveillance video showed it says several burglars all right, yeah, wearing masks, sense. breaking into the business and taking five vehicles. Uh, the business alarm was not working, and the burglars returned with several more accomplices on Sunday morning. Want to go steal some cars? Where'd it gotten out? Dude, they got yeah. three cars. Three cars. Yeah. I had a friend who used to go to a car dealership because he it was a, a very high-end, expensive car, and he wanted to eventually one day buy it. And he used to go to the dealership on Sundays when they were closed. Right. And um, he said the majority of the car doors were open, and he would go through the cars. He'd sit in them. He'd kind of you know check them out. He wasn't stealing them or doing right, anything right. to vandalize them, wow. but, but that was sort of how he shopped. Until Without he having was, somebody breathing down his back. Yeah, ah. and, until he was ready to buy it. Interesting. Huh. Uh, the vehicles, uh, three of the vehicles, all Jeeps, are still missing with no license plates on them, so they're trying to track those down. Florida police have charged two teens with battery and conspiracy for committing a series of drive-by slushy attacks <laughs> that they recorded with a GoPro camera for their YouTube channel. Drive-by slushy attack. Authorities say Rafael Mercado and uh, Kazia McKay, uh, they're both 18 years old, targeted victims Saturday afternoon in Pinellas Park, a city in the Tampa Bay area. Now, according to the criminal complaint, the pair purchased seven slushies from a Circle K and then proceeded to throw the frozen drinks at multiple people. Bastards. After Mercado was collared by a Florida Highway Patrol officer, he reportedly confessed and said that he had done similar slushy attacks a week early, also for the purpose of YouTube content. <sighs> the national nightmare is over. The nice facing charges, yep. Uh, in Italy, police detained a tobacco shop owner who they believed stole a customer's winning lottery ticket and then booked a flight out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man was found by police at uh, Rome's uh, Fiumicino Airport hey. on Sunday as he attempted to board a flight to the Canary Islands. But authorities have been unable to locate the ticket. So on Friday... You go with that lottery ticket, Kenny. Here's what happened. On Friday, a woman in her late 60s had bought two scratch-and-win lottery cards at the shop. Uh-huh. And one of them was the winning ticket uh, with a prize of $580,000. Oh, my God. That was a big one. Yeah. So the woman had handed over the winning ticket to a shop employee who later passed it on to the owner for additional verification. And according to Italian news reports, 
The owner didn't come back with the ticket. He took off. He fled away on his scooter with the winning ticket. Like, dude, he ran out the back door and took off on a scooter. At the airport, authorities searched the man but did not find the winning ticket on him. He was released on his own recognizance following the detainment. Uh, the Italian tax office that runs the lottery said that it has blocked that lottery ticket number or the lottery ticket number sold at the shop to prevent the thief from cashing in the prize. Meanwhile, authorities are still looking for the winning ticket that so is missing. Do you think he was just so overwhelmed? I, just He just snapped? I guess so. Uh, he saw he saw the yeah. money and he's like, "Oh my god, this is uh, this is I, it's mine more than I've ever yeah. wanted or needed or something like that," and took off. So, here's another theft story: a shoplifter in Edwardsville, Illinois, was arrested after her getaway driver took off without her. Three women exited <laughs> Hibbets Sports carrying uh, sports carrying stolen merchandise, ran to a nearby car, two jumped in the front seat and took off. Not bothering to unlock the back door for the third member of the crew. The footage is very funny. The whole incident was captured on video. Yeah, yeah. Posted to TikTok where it already has millions of views. Uh, meanwhile, the woman is currently in police custody at the Madison County Jail, and investigators are still looking for the <laughs> other two suspects along with their gray Ford fusion. And then finally, we'll end with one more story. Uh, let's go, let's go with this one. This was pretty bizarre. Uh, in Florida, sheriff's office says that the quick response by deputies and a witness helped save the life of a man critically injured in a shootout between boaters and jet skiers. What? A shootout between boaters and jet skiers? Yeah. Is there a rivalry like snowboarders and skiers? So they're packing while they're out on their jet ski, I guess. The shooting happened last... You never know when you need to shoot a fish. Weekend on the St. John's <laughs> River. Uh, body camera video shows Deputy Wes Bloom rushing to the dock to help a man who suffered from three gunshot wounds. Wow. He told deputies his wife had also been shot. Uh, a man with training as a medic helped the deputy control the wounds until more paramedics arrived. Uh, crews airlifted the man to the hospital in critical condition. The sheriff's office said the man will survive thanks to immediate medical treatment that he received on scene. They were able to stop the bleeding by applying a flounder to it. As uh, far as the shooting investigation, witnesses at the scene said the boat took off. And I don't have this any crazy details as to how the shootout happened between boaters and jet skiers. Aquatic drive-bys. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. I, uh, I have some tickets to go see the Phils play this weekend on Sunday. Uh, they're playing the Rockies. It's a 105 game, and it is family day at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, we'll take caller number 11 at 215-263-WMMR, and we'll set you up. And for family day, all fans 15 and over receive a Phillies picnic blanket, and you get tickets at phillies.com. So let's take the 11th caller, four packet tickets to go to the game this weekend. And we wish you luck. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. 93.3 WMMR presents Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip seven times a day. Weekdays at 8, 10, and noon, as well as 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs. So true, Jackson. And then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize. 
10,000 bucks. What the f***? See complete rules at WMMR.com. It's MMR's Money Clips from who else? 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your wallet. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. In the meantime, we got some other things to do, and we're going to give away a lesson question prize. And we have, uh, let's see here, Zack Snyder's Justice League on 4K Ultra HD to give away. And I think that we are going to go with, hmm, let's go with this. Uh, <laughs> Cowper on ice is so what? 215-263-WMMR. You have to finish that uh, that ad slogan. Cowper on ice is what? And it's not sick, by the way. That's not the answer. Cowper on ice is what? Uh, this will be interesting. See if we get a winner. We said very, very quickly. 215-263-WMMR. While you call, we do this. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it is brought to you by the Craft Beer Trail of Greater Philadelphia, covering five counties with over 90 breweries and a 1,000 beers. Don't miss a full weekend along the Craft Beer Trail of Greater Philadelphia. Get your fill at visitphilly.com. What do you have for us this morning, Steve? Well, Tori Spelling seen out and about sporting a completely new face that has many people comparing her to Khloe Kardashian. The Tori-Khloe comparison is further fortified by Spelling's latest hobby, which is mouth fishing for salmon in river waterfalls. Oh, my God. A rep for Bill Cosby confirming that his post-prison comedy tour has been postponed, excuse me, as I lose the page here one second, until 2022. Promoters are saying that when they have a definite date, the ticket that was sold will be honored. Oh, my God. And finally, this is interesting, Preston. Tiger Woods announcing he's committed to overcoming his car crash injuries and plans on playing in the Ryder Cup. As for now, though, Wood says his main goal is to fart without having to have someone manually spread his ass cheeks. Wow. <laughs> That's your uh, Hollywood trash. All right. Thank you, Steve. We will see if we can indeed find someone who knows the answer to this question. Uh, Calper on ice is what? 215-263-WMMR. That is the number. So Calper on ice is what? It's kind of an ad slogan. Right. And you need to finish it. Uh, so let's go to Bill, see if he knows the answer. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good. So Calper on ice is what? Very nice. Yes, so yeah. very nice. Yeah, one second, Bill. We're going to give you Zack Snyder's Justice League on 4K Ultra HD and the visionary director's cut Batman and Wonder Woman unite a team of metahuman to save the planet. You can own it now on 4K Ultra HD and on Blu-ray as well. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by Mega Millions. Jackpot now has an estimated annuity of $368 million. $368 million. Buy at a retailer or online. Uh, Pennsylvania Lottery proceeds benefit older Pennsylvanians every day. Players must be 18 or older and please play responsibly. I will start with a story about Papa Roach. They just shared Kill the Noise, their new single and video from their upcoming album, Kill the Noise. Or, no, from their upcoming album, period. Kill the Noise follows Papa Roach's latest single, Swerve, featuring uh, Jason Allen Butler uh, and Suko. Uh, Lead singer Jacoby Shaddock said, 
it's easy to get caught up in some of that static inside your mind. We all tangle with that demon. For us, Kill the Noise brings some straight-up heavy music catharsis, a reminder to find the moment of peace from the noise. Huh? Papa Roach will be joining Breaking Benjamin on a handful of shows. Uh, this fall, we just gave away tickets at Montage Mountain the other day. Yes. Uh, might have been yesterday, actually, that we did that. Drowning Pool <laughs> has reflected on their signature song, Bodies, forever being linked to 9-11. song came out weeks before the tragedy, and radio stations placed it on pause when the nation healed. Uh, during the uh, an interview with Billboard bassist Steve Benton said, uh, the song had been out six or eight weeks. It was number one or number two at Active Rock Radio at the time. And we were riding high and feeling pretty good, good about ourselves. Then 9-11 happened. And us and probably every American felt personally attacked and victimized. And that was horrible and tough to deal with. Uh, then, a few days later, that list comes out and Bodies is literally number one on it. And we didn't realize how dramatic the effect would be. He continued saying, suddenly, our song, which is about a bunch of kids having fun at a concert in the mosh pit... Uh, was somehow going to be forever linked with 9-11. And it turns out that we were right. And here we are 20 years later, still talking about it. Every once in a while, we'll still come across someone who thinks that Bodies is actually about 9-11, <laughs> which is so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, even with that negative aspect, the song is still one of the biggest ones of that time. And we're proud of the cultural impact, but saddened that we're kind of forever tied to that tragedy. This is unfortunate. Phil Collins says that he can barely hold a drumstick because of deteriorating health that has also forced him to sit while singing during live performances. So, um, I, I'm not sure I'm fully up to speed on everything that's ailing him. What What does he have? What is wrong? It's a nerve issue, and he's also got diabetes, I believe. Uh, so, the 70-year-old drummer and singer told the BBC in an interview uh, that he's frustrated at the challenges he faced. He underwent surgery on his back in 2009 and again in 2015 that affected his nerves. And, yes, he has diabetes, too. He said, I'm uh, kind of physically challenged a bit, uh, which is very frustrating because I'd love to be playing up there. So I can barely hold the stick with this hand. Uh, so there are certain physical things which get in the way. His, his son's very good, though. Uh, he's playing on yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was not clear when the interview was conducted. So the eight-time Grammy winner said his son Nick would play drums on the tour this autumn. Uh, the first to North America by Genesis in 14 years. Uh, in the BBC interview, Collins described the upcoming Genesis tour as, quote, putting the band to bed. So this will be pretty much it. Out today is the multimedia box set edition of Metallica's self-titled 1991 set, better known to fans as the Black Album. The massive Metallica deluxe box set includes 14 CDs, 6 LPs, 6 DVDs, among much more. And the band will appear tonight on ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live. You can check your local listings for stations and times. We are actually giving away uh, that uh, box set as our Word of the Week prize in just a little while. It includes tons of stuff in it. Also released today is a companion covers collection titled The Metallica Blacklist, which includes a whopping 53 covers by such artists as Weezer, St. Vincent, My Morning Jacket, Cage the Elephant, Darius Rucker, uh, and a whole bunch of others. Corey Taylor. There's a lot on here. Is, is Miley Cyrus on this, too? Um, yes, she is on yeah. this, yes. And her, she does nothing else matter. So that is out today, too. And I'm really happy to hear about this last story. Getty Lee will be honored in Toronto with a solo Lifetime Achievement Award this Saturday for his philanthropic work during the Artist for Peace and Justice Gala in Toronto. 
Uh, it was posted that the award honors Getty Lee's support of brain cancer research, Toronto Food Bank, Alberta Floods, Doctors Without Borders, Grapes for Humanity, United Way, Canadian Museum of Human Rights, wow. and a place called Casey House. Casey? Um, yeah. It's so oh, wonderful he was no thinking way. of you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he built the front porch on Casey's yeah, Shore. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, that guy's got a lot of talent. Right. Yep. Uh, back in 2015, Rush had received the Alan Waters Humanitarian Award at it's the June... It's Casey, but your neighbor's kind of difficult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Humanitarian Award at the Juno Awards, and in 2017, the Alan Slate Humanitarian mm-hmm. Spirit Award from the Canadian music and broadcast industry. So, that's really nice to hear. Cool. And that is all I have in music news for you. We have one more stop for the Preston and Steve Cooling Caravan. And this one is headed to Trans Place in Kennett Square. We got an email from John Mattis. Uh, who said, first of all, you guys do such a fantastic job each day getting us ready for wherever the day brings or whatever the day brings and putting so many people in a great mood. Trans Place is an amazing place to work and everyone helps each other out to ensure that we are a success. We all work hard each day, often staying late and working weekends to make sure that our customers are taken care of. With everything that is going on in this crazy world and the recent weather issues that we've had, I think all of us would welcome a chance to take a few minutes to just relax. Thank you for this special treat. So uh, we're happy, John, to send over transpl- to Transplace uh, the President Steve Cooling Caravan presented by T-Mobile and our friends at Duncan are going to set you guys up with some iced coffee to start the day. All wonderful recipients today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I already gave this away, Casey. You did. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, just not a name one. on there. I'll make another one. Okay, no, I can't do that. Oh. Uh, so we're going to take a break, but we have something else to give away, oh. and that is the aforementioned Metallica box set with our Letter of the Day, Word of the Week prize. That is up next. We'll be back in just a moment. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. The Back School A to Z done in our world, but continues on with Pierre and so on until it's all finished. Is, is it, have there been any, any uh, projections as to that you guys heard when this is going to wrap up? Like maybe uh-huh. by Sunday? Um, Bill said Sunday. Okay. It'd be I, nice if it carries over to our show on Monday, though, wouldn't it? It would. Because we started it. I'd like to finish yeah. it. Yes, exactly. But, uh, Finish with your start, right? Not counting on that, but we'll have to wait and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Finish with your start. That's a Van Halen song. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Finish with your start. All right. I would like to thank Glenn Howard from AP Bio. And it's always sunny in Philadelphia. We had a nice long chat with Glenn, and he's just the best. So uh, happy that uh, AP Bio's got, it. Bio's got its fourth season now streaming on Peacock TV. And... Uh, it's Always Sunny is in the middle of filming their 15th season, which is great. Uh, comedian Dan Cummins is on the show as well. Uh, he is at Punchline tonight and tomorrow. I believe one of the shows tonight is sold out, or is it tomorrow? I don't know. One of the shows is sold out. I think it's tonight. You go to punchlinephilly.com uh, to get the ticket information and go and see him. And thank you to everybody who got in touch with us uh, about the T-Mobile Cooling Caravan with Duncan. We appreciate that, and we're happy uh, to send by... Uh, that little boost of energy and some nice coolness to get you started 
on uh, what's turning out to be a great day. 77 degrees and sunshine's going to be wonderful. The Perfect. weekend is looking great. I'm not soon seeing any rain in the forecast. Uh, back up to 90 degrees by the time we get to Monday. Uh, but it's looking pretty solid, which is great. Pierre Robert is here. Good day. How are you, my man? Excellent. Wonderful. Uh, shall we move right into the letter? I think. Let's do it. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. So the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. Z is in zebras and zoology. All right. Oh. And we can take the ninth caller at 215-263-WMMR. And if you do indeed know that word that ends in Z, uh, then you could win this really cool prize from Metallica that we have in a few moments. So it's all good. Uh, everything good in your world? Yes. Um, thank you for uh, plugging our special, which we're going to do tomorrow. Of course. Um, and uh, those are great sound bites that you guys had. Uh, I had never heard some of those before. It's funny that you guys are talking about various specials because there's so many of them uh, on 9-11 tomorrow. And, um, you know, every every so, so often you'll come up upon something you haven't seen before. It, it still amazes me, yeah. but they then they're... It keeps coming. You, you do reach a point where you think, well, surely I've seen just about everything that's available. And then there's they discover a whole new, you know, cache of things to see. And listen, it, it's uh, you were I was talking with Preston earlier about watching these movies like Oliver Stone's, right. you know, World Trade Center or, right. or uh, you know, Flight uh, 93. Uh, 93. The, the, uh, they're cathartic and they, they put you in, in, in touch with that. And uh, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to, you know, to hear those audio files are, are really hard to listen to. Well, this, um, CNN is running this uh, 9-11 um, special. Again, I saw it last Saturday night, and it's that French special I think you yes. guys referred to. And this French crew had come over to New York to film a... Um, firehouse. A firehouse. But yeah. a kid in the firehouse who was a... who uh, There's a name they have for a trainee. Who is you know who's still you know brand new to the firehouse, and they their thing was to film him in his journey over a couple of months, and they had no idea that that it would turn into a nine eleven documentary, and they were out uh, you know watching him and his crew work on a gas leak when the first plane flew right over their heads, and they have dramatic footage of it, and then they're the only crew that was inside the tower. I think that's, again, going to run tomorrow at 9. But, you know, I just thought for us, we could do something that would, um, you know, the best thing we can do is is sound and, and music. And so many bands came and stepped up to the plate after that that uh, uh, we'll do, I think we're going to start at 8 o'clock and go till about 9.30 uh, and tomorrow with some of the sound that you were talking about, Nick, that I had gotten from uh, going up there a few days afterwards. And then from some of the benefit uh, concerts that were uh, taking place afterwards. So it'll be yeah. cool. Yeah, that's great. You uh, had that, an interview with uh, Walt Hunter. I think he was working for CBS3 at the time. Yes. And uh, he's a great reporter, and he was up there covering it as well. And uh, every time I listened to it, it brought me to tears. I mean, it's just it was just um, the two people who work in the business uh, who were affected by, like, like everybody else was. You guys were just people talking about it. And it's just, you know, it's, it's really compelling stuff. I'm going to run a piece uh, tomorrow that... Uh, is a guy I found a year later who worked on the... There's a sky lobby. There were, like, the buildings were divided into three, and the the third highest uh, on the 78th floor, I think, and he was one floor down, and they, the plane had hit the other tower first, and they were debating what to do, and people were in the sky lobby, and so he went back down to his office a floor below, 
and was watching outside. And he said, well, I'll just read a book until the elevators are clear. And he described quite um, dramatically uh, watching a guy in a suit walk to the window, pause, and jump out. And he watched him fall all the way down. I had to edit it at at some point because it was just too graphic. Um, But, uh, you know, and then he said, no. I'm going to leave right now. And he used to practice in the stairwells exercising. And he was able to help this other lady who was a couple floors up and help her down. In other words, the stories of the people who made it or who didn't make it never ceased to fascinate me by virtue of being late for work or early for work or making a left turn here or a right turn there. Oh, there's countless stories like that. That that caused them to live or die, yeah. you know, sadly, yeah. as a result of that. Anyway, not to be too heavy about it, but it's I think it's an important occasion to to uh, note, and it'll be our attempt to do a small version of that tomorrow. Starts at 8 a.m. tomorrow. It does? I mean, yes, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's right. It starts at 8 and goes to 9.30. Well, we're taping it, so it's uh, we won't be there live. Okay. I'm actually flying tomorrow on September 11th, which is giving me a little bit of yeah. nervousness. Will you come with me, Kathy? <laughs> it's probably a very safe day to fly. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. All right we're going to see if we can get a winner for the Word of the Week prize, and we go to caller number nine, which is Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, Preston, how you doing today? I'm great, buddy. All right, if you give me that word, I give you the prize. That's how it works. What's up? Uh, A to Z. Great day in my morning. You nailed it, Bill. All right, since you got it right, Bill, we're going to give you that album we've been talking about, that box set, Metallica the Black Album Remastered, the deluxe box set. Yep, it's a collector's edition. You get... Uh, Metallica, Wherever I May Roam, Varsity Jacket as well. And, of course, they're marking the 30th anniversary of the self-titled album, a.k.a. the Black Album. Uh, two landmark releases, both out September 10th on the band's own Blackened Recordings. Uh, you can pre-order it through Metallica.com right now. The box set includes remastered 180-gram double LP and CD, Sad But True Picture wow. Disc, three live LPs, 14 CDs, Jesus. six wow. DVDs, including unreleased content, tour laminates, Guitar picks, lyric folder, uh, and sheet, and a hundred twenty-page hardcover book on top of it all, Bill. And a partridge in a pear tree. That too. All right, buddy. Hang on the line. We'll get your info. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. You bet, man. And that's how that is done. I want to thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors. And brought to you by Rita's Water Ice. Stock up on Rita's and register to win a pair of diamond study rings from family and company jewelers in Marlton, New Jersey. Next week on the program, we're going to have Derek Hoff on. Ah. uh, Julianne's brother. Yes, and and, uh, on Dancing with the Stars. That is correct. And we will also have from the Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel to The Sopranos, uh, Michael Gandolfini yeah. yes. will be on the show, and Alessandro Nivola, uh, Nivola. Yeah, he plays uh, Christopher Moltisanti's father in the movie. I saw it last night. It's great. Excellent. And we'll have uh, comedian uh, Sam Morell joining us and others. That is it. We are done. Rage on and have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you later, gang. Bye-bye. With early paycheck, you can get your direct deposit up to two days earlier. That's another reason banking with Capital One is the easiest decision ever. Even easier than deciding to open the biggest birthday gift first. Happy birthday! 
Which one are you going to open first? The pony! Yep, even easier than that. Plus, with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is banking with Capital One even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. No fees or minimums on new consumer accounts. Capital One and a member FDIC.